welcome to the Retro Blood. You are all my children now. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it gets splintered? You got any idea how much blood jets out of a guy's neck? You've come back to us, Michael. Stop the rage. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Retro Blood, as we are celebrating our anniversary month here on the Retro Blood, as we are continuing our full reviews of the whole entire Halloween series. Up next, if you like uh, a telepath, if you like uh, a guy named Michael who kind of looks like the Fonz and gets killed really easy, if you like teenagers trying to have sex and if you like Michael Myers uh, being in a coma for a year and coming back and trying to kill his baby cousin then this is the review for you Jay Austin, James Klein what's happening everybody what's happening Allison how you feel about Halloween we're at the end of our Halloween reviews oh man it's sad we're getting I mean this month went by so quick didn't it it did so I mean, like we look, it's like Christmas for us. We look forward to it all year long for this Halloween month that we do, and it's almost over. I mean, we only got like two, what, two more weeks, and then it's Halloween, and then it'll be November the first, and it'll be boring for another year. But yeah, yeah. Uh, man, I'm excited, man. I mean, I'm, it's good seeing uh, seeing these movies again. A lot of them I haven't seen in years. The movie I'm watch, we watched for this week. I haven't seen it in many, many years. Not not since it came out, but. Many, many years I haven't seen it, and it was kind of good seeing it again. Um, I do have some things to say about it. It wasn't as good as I remember it being. Definitely not as good as 4. But, yeah, I mean, I'm going through uh, through this Halloween month really good. We just got through watching uh, NXT's Halloween Havoc last night. That was a hell of a show, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, that was pretty wild. It was a great show. Lots of, lots of crazy shit happened. But, yeah. yeah. Um, now, so, still, my uh, favorite, uh, my, still my favorite Halloween Havoc memory from the NXT era, which I don't know if you ever saw this one. Um, but I think I talked about it before. Was when uh, Camarlo, Cam, Cam, I can't even say his name. Cam, what's his name? Camarlo Hayes. Cam, was it Car- Carmelo Hayes? Carmelo Hayes yeah. and and Trick yeah. Williams when they took a tour to Dexter Dexter Loomis's house. Yeah, that was great. Uh, that was awesome. That was an awesome. Need some more shit. Yeah, I always that. remember Carmelo. I always remember Carmelo Hayes's name because it, it sounds like a candy bar. He does. I, I was I was about to call him Trick Daddy too, but I know it's Trick Williams. So, Carmelo, Carmelo, yeah. Okay. Yes, but good old, good old Halloween Havoc. I always love the Halloween Havocs. And speaking of Halloween Havocs, yeah. uh, uh, ours, you know, us truly on the Lights Out show are going to oh, be yeah. uh, doing the battle of the Halloween Havocs. Uh, yeah. No I'm rules, doing, brother. Oh, man, no rules. I can't wait for this one. Like, it's mm-hmm. going to be like all out battle. Basically, how this show is going to work is um, <laughs> so I'm doing the 1998 Halloween Havoc, 
and you're doing the 1992 Halloween Havoc. And what we're going to do while we're on this show, everybody, is we're going to go match by match, and we're going to judge each match by, like, three categories. You know, like the match quality, how uh, how the crowd reacted, uh, and then how the actual like finish was, you know. So we're gonna do those three. We're gonna go match by match. We're gonna see. We're gonna break it down to which pay per view uh, truly was uh, the craziest Halloween havoc out of those two uh, side by side. So this should be very fun. I can't wait to do that. And that's gonna be dropping on Halloween yeah. night, brother. So, but uh, you know, speaking of Halloween, so there's a lot that goes into these. Uh, you know, I always have like a soft spot for the uh, the Thorn trilogy as people like to call, like, these Halloween movies. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, you know, after five, we have um, The Curse of Michael Myers, number six. And, you know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, that show is wasn't made in the 80s. So, you know, oh. we got to we gotta leave it off the board here a little bit. But, you know, what I'll do is on the Facebook, um, I do have, like, a an old show I used to do, uh, Faces of Fear. Uh, we actually reviewed mm-hmm. the Halloween six, so maybe I'll play it for an extra for everybody. But you know, we'll talk a little bit about maybe towards the end of this show, kind of like a little like little recap of uh, what actually happened in, like six a little bit. So just something small for everybody. But uh, before we get into everything though, because we have a lot lot to talk about, so it's gonna be a good jam packed episode here on the Retro Blood. Yeah, um, I really so we we don't do this <laughs> often, but when there's stuff that happens that's kind of like in our realm, we like to talk about it. So I call this, this is like a, 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 a section of the podcast I'm about to call like the DeLorean, where, where me and Allison, they, we, we get out of the Trans Am, we, we jump into the mm-hmm. DeLorean, we get outside the 80s, uh, just to and talk time about travel. yeah time travel a little bit, you know, to a certain point in time. <laughs> so what I want to talk about a little bit is, you know, just some quick thoughts about uh, myself and Allison's thoughts on the Halloween ends. Because, you know, I saw you look a, a little bit earlier this week, and you said you really liked this movie. And me, I was very mm-hmm. indifferent to the movie. So I was going to be very okay. hear, your, like, your points uh, of view. Now, do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? Um, yeah, you go first. You okay. go first and tell me your indifferent opinion, and I'll tell you why I liked it. Okay, so there's a couple things. So, you know, obviously, I'm not going with the fab or if everybody's just hating on the movie, Okay. Right. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You know, and that, to be honest with you, I'll, when we talked about this before on, on some other shows, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of times movies will come out, people hate on them. You know, Halloween 3, yep. people hated on them. Uh, uh, freaking, you know, Prince of Darkness, people hated on it. You know, a lot of a lot of movies people have hated on, but they came cult classics in, in the long run. Okay, and I get all that. I get it. Um, but to me, like, this Halloween movie was just very, like, weird. Like, I, I, there's just parts I didn't really get, okay? So, by the way, everybody, you know, spoilers. I mean, come on, obviously, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be spoiled for like, you. Like, come on now. All right, you can skip it a little bit, but come on now. There's going to be the spoilers. So, there's a couple things uh, I didn't really get, okay? First of all, we had uh, uh, Sarah Connor, a.k.a. Laurie Strode, <laughs> in the first two movies, okay? Yeah. Fucking battle, you know, battling out. I get it. She was injured. Okay, next thing you know, okay, her her daughter dies. Okay, mm-hmm. by Michael's power, super human powers of time traveling. Mm-hmm. After he got killed by a mob of people in Halloween Kills, he, he kills them all and he time traveled to go kill Laurie's daughter. And then now we know it's four years later, and apparently, uh, Laurie Strode, except except for being uh, Sarah Connor, she is now Martha Stewart. Okay, she is a stay at home. Uh, gr- granny mom who's all happy and mm-hmm. chipper 
and she's writing a book about her stories. Okay. I, I, I could see it. Okay, maybe, you know, you had a traumatic experience. You're trying to move on. You, know, you, you think Michael Myers is dead, but he's not really dead. He's just missing, so everything is okay now, even though he was missing for 40 years before. And, okay, just that part didn't really make a lot of sense to me, but I get it. Okay, we want to see her out of a different character, okay? Uh, obviously, you know, the, the daughter, you know, who, who and the granddaughter, I should say, um, mm-hmm. you know, she, her, her character storyline, I thought it was okay. You know, she meets some mischief boy named Corey. Uh, apparently, Corey. Co- yeah, Corey. Apparently, Corey, he killed a kid on Halloween by accident, and now the town thinks mm-hmm. it's some, some crazy, like, child babysit killer. Uh, <laughs> some accident happened, and, you know, nobody, the town's not talking to him, and, you know, I'm cool with them introducing new characters. You know, we see that happen all the time in Halloween. I mean, we had... You know, just talk about Halloween Five. We had two brand new characters that fucking they act like they knew Jamie from fucking forever, like Tina right. and fucking Sally. I didn't see them at all at number four, but they were hanging out here yep. like they knew everybody. Okay. Yep. You know, I'm fine. Like I said, I'm fine with them introducing new characters. That's great. Even though the Corey guy, I didn't really get most of his stuff. All right. Apparently, like he like you know the the, the town's looking at him out crazy because he killed his kid and. You know, now he's getting beat up on by marching band geeks. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's thrown over the fucking thing, and Michael pulls him into the sewer. And instead of like, Michael killing him, he stares glazy into his eyes like he wanted to hump him. And apparently he, like, transferred his essence of killer into uh, Corey. And then Corey uh, uh, acts like a guy from the Lost Boys. Uh, so now he's, so he's going to be uh, fucking uh, trying to kill people, so he kills a bunch of people. Um, to, to, to prove himself to Michael or himself, and then towards the end we pay him off by him just stabbing himself in the neck. Okay, gotcha. All right, so I got a little bit of that. Um, so I mean, I don't know. It's just kind of weird because I could see a lot of people's point of view and my point of view a little bit too. Was okay. This is supposed to be like the final Michael versus Laurie story storyline, and like there wasn't a whole lot of like payoff for that. You know, there was a payoff at the end. Obviously, Laurie. Even though she's not Sarah Connor anymore, she's a Martha Stewart. She still got the upper hand on Michael um, to like beat him and then put him in like uh, a greater to finally end the evil. Um, so I don't know. It just to me it was just kind of weird. Like I thought this, you know, it's kind of like I thought this movie could probably done a pretty good like stand on its own type of movie. But like when you put the ends and we're trying to finish up the the Michael Laurie storyline, I just don't think it did that well of finishing up their particular story. Because, you know, we barely saw, like, a lot of, like, conflict between the two. So, but, you know, that's my thought. Like I said, like, I didn't mind some of the elements of them adding a new character. I didn't even mind the Corey guy being, like, a bad guy or maybe being, like, Michael's, like, second. You know? Because, you know, when it comes to the number four and five, you know, we see Jamie... Uh, Jamie Lloyd, you know, it, it was presumed that she would probably take over the essence of Michael. You know what I mean? But obviously, yeah. they didn't. They didn't go that. They, they didn't go that way in the storyline. Um. So, uh, to be honest with you, like I was t- saying this on the. I know I'm going kind of long over here, but um, like I was saying on the other podcasts before, like you know when we did number four and stuff, you know I feel like the, uh, the Halloween Kills and even this Halloween Ends took a lot of elements from. Uh, four and five even though they act like they probably didn't but to me they took a lot of elements from there and just you know a little different but a lot of elements that were in these movies that they kind of took over and stuff but uh 
like I said, just for me, like, eh, I could see why. And I was kind of like that way. There wasn't really like a little like satisfying conclusion, I guess. So, but anyway, that was my tirade. How about you go now? Okay. Why, why did you like it? I liked it because it was not what I expected. It was different. It wasn't just, I liked it for all the reasons you didn't really care for it. Like it wasn't just Michael versus Michael kills a bunch of people. Laurie Strode tries to tries to stop him over and over and over and over and over and over. They have to do something different if they're going to do these movies. Um, and this was the different thing. Like I didn't love the idea of Corey, but I mean, I guess it's fine. I mean, you know, I would have, I liked it better. Um, I would not have liked it as much as I did if Corey had become like the new Michael. You know what I mean? Like if it ended with Corey surviving and becoming the new killer who's chasing her granddaughter or whatever, I would not have liked it. But I did like, um, I did like him trying to, uh, like, like him kind of like idolizing Michael Myers because you know, you know, he was like a traumatized kid because he, you're a guy because he killed his kid, and um, you know, and the and everybody in the town hates him because he accidentally killed his kid. Um, and then, you know, he's, he's like, kind of looks up to Michael Myers because Michael, like, you know, killed all those people. And like, he didn't have, he didn't have to take shit like that from anybody. Um, I, I think it's, I always think it's weird when Michael like, um, hides somewhere for years. Like, it's hard for me to believe that he's, he's living in this drain pipe for four years. Like, uh, what about you him? What, I mean? what about him living with some, uh, old guy, um, off a lake? We'll coma. talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk about that when we get there. But he, but, but, you know, he's, he, uh, but, you know, it's, it's always hard for me to believe that. But I mean, all, all, the new movies are all, all hard for me to believe. It's hard for me to believe that Michael Myers is pushing 80 years old and he's still out there killing people. Like, that's just hard for me to believe. But I mean, they did have to kind of go on to the, uh, they kind of moved into the supernatural back into the supernatural elements of the story that they developed like in Halloween four and five for this movie. Um, you know, how, how it's like a curse, like they kind of imply that it's like a curse and you know, like the, what they were calling the Sam Hain curse or whatever in Halloween two, like they, they imply that it's this curse that this thing that's in Michael, they just causes them to try and kill people no matter what. Um, and they don't ever have, there's no lore for it. They don't really ever explain how to kill Michael. Like, like, I mean, they blew Michael up and well, no, this is this the Halloween two didn't happen in this movie. He was only shot six times. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you, you know, but still, I mean, you know, so finally, you know, she's able to like cut his throat and cut his wrist and he bleeds to death. And then they put him into a chipper and he dies. We, we, we assume. Um, but I like that it was different. I like that. It was it was just something else. It was, and I, I mean, I always I always say that though. Like every time I talk to you about anything, like I always say that. Like I always have, ten, I tend to have the opposite opinion of what the masses have for some reason, um, which is why it's always hard for me to judge anything that I'm doing is good because I tend to like things that, uh, that the masses don't like, and it has nothing to do with like you know, intelligence or being a hipster or anything like that. It's just that I just like things that are different. I, I like seeing something that's different. Like, I mean, all anybody ever wants to see out of a Halloween movie is Michael Myers killing a bunch of people. I mean, how many fucking times are we going to watch that? 
I mean, like I was kind of bored at Halloween uh, and Halloween kills, but Halloween ends, I was interested the entire time. I didn't really even want to watch it because I just thought it was going to be the same shit again. But I was actually interested. I was interested in Corey's story. I was interested in the story about him and the granddaughter. I was interested in how he was starting to act like Michael. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I just thought it was interesting. That's, I guess, that's the only way I can really put it. Exactly. So that's pretty cool. You know, we got like two uh, different point of views. So I always like that, you know, when we can uh, explore different point of views because, you know, that's what we like to do in the Retro Blood. We like to give different opinions of what we thought. And I thought you had a lot of uh, good points there too, you know. So I agree with a lot of that, you know. It has been, you know, for this whole franchise, you know, most of it's like Michael going after like Lori or somebody from Lori's descent. So it is kind of nice to, you know, to switch it up a little bit. And get some yeah. new fresh now, characters in there. Right. Now, one thing that I can see why people wouldn't like is Michael Myers is hardly in this movie. Yeah. Like, he's hardly in it at all. Um, you know, the the most of the movie is is Corey and the granddaughter's story. Um, but, yeah, I mean, but I, I liked it because it was different. I just liked it because it was different. And maybe it truly will be the final Halloween movie. And, you know, yeah. that this will be this will be the end. But we'll, we'll, but see. we'll see. We'll see. You know, hey, you never know. You know, maybe in a couple of years, people were looking back on Halloween ends with new eyes and maybe it'll become a cult classic. We never know. So, like I said, you know, like we say in this podcast all the time, you know, there's movies out there that people like watched and like, what the hell is this shit? You know, and now they love it to this day. You know, Halloween three could be one of them. Season of the Witch. You know, right. there's a lot of them out there. So we'll see. You know, time will tell. Um, you know, but, you know, it's always good to rewatch Movies, which I will probably be rewatching that Halloween ends again. Maybe, you know, watch it with some new eyes and new perspective and maybe have a different opinion. But right now, like for me, I was just very confused and I was like a little like bored on some of it. But hey, I'm always giving stuff a try. Speaking of giving stuff a try, let's talk about our history segment because we got a lot to talk about on the release date of Halloween 5, The Revenge Mm -hmm. of Michael Myers. So this movie was released... October 13th, 1989. So we are we are almost out of the 80s, brother. Every time we talk about 1989, it's like, okay, we're getting ready for the 90s. We're getting ready for a new decade. We got to get all this crazy shit in. So so this is basically one year after they released Halloween 4. So we're, we're keeping up the trends of doing them every year. And I'll go first, I guess. So I think... so. I have a couple of things in metal, you know, because our history segment, mm-hmm. we always talk about what's going on in metal, what's going on in pro wrestling on the release date. So the thing I found in metal is the band Overkill. They actually released their album, The Years of Decay, on the actual date that this movie came out, October 13th, 1989. Allison, are you pretty familiar with Overkill? Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan of Overkill, but yeah, I am familiar with them. They're, you know, kind of a thrash band from New York City. Um, I knew a lot of people who really liked them at, uh, you know, when they were when they were big. Um, they're really big. Um, like I said, a really big New York band, a really big part of the New York New York scene. Um, this was years of years of decay. Is probably I think it's the last Overkill album that had the famous lineup like the 1980s lineup yeah um i think they got they changed some members right after this but they still had um uh 
what's the singer's name? Blitz. Yeah, and Bobby like Blitz. Blitz Ellsworth. Yes. <laughs> I wonder if he's related to James Ellsworth, but yeah, probably. <laughs> probably, yeah. Um, but yeah, they still had Blitz, and then you know, and then the drummer who's still in the band to this day. Actually, I think they're I think they're back now. I think the band is together now. Has Blitz and and um, uh, all those guys back in it. But yeah, so um, this was probably like the heyday of or the end of the heyday of overkill probably but yeah overkill is a good band i mean i liked them quite a bit yeah i was listening to some of this album um you know try to do my research as much as i can and Mm. you know they're not that bad you know i would say you know if you're cruising around in the trans am you know what i mean want to play on some record you know you're not really paying attention too much to it but you like it you know i would say this one's pretty good um i mean it's definitely fast and it's a really good, you know, rock album too. So it's not only just a thrash album, but it has a lot of good rock elements in it as well. Um, right. So, but I definitely say, you know, they're, I, I could definitely tell they're pretty fun live. You know, I mean, I, oh yeah, they have a really good live show for sure. Yeah, I don't know if I would like, you know, for my taste, I would go super out of my way to see them. But you know, if they're on the bill, I wouldn't mind seeing them. You know, on the card. You know, mm-hmm. so um, so apparently, like this was the uh, the last album that the. Uh, the guitarist Bobby Gutzifin was on. Oh, okay. So that's pretty interesting. I guess he moved on up to some other stuff. And, you know, <laughs> we have uh, 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 such great hits as Time to Kill. All right, you mm-hmm. can definitely tell this is a thrash album with these names. Oh, yeah. Uh, em- <laughs> em- elimination. I hate <laughs> nothing to die for. Tell Micah Myers that. Um, playing with Spiders, Col- Skull Crusher. Birth Attention, Who Tends the Fire, The Years of Decay, and Evil Never Dies. So, Ooh, yeah, you can definitely tell it's a thrash album. Uh, album is pretty cool looking at some, some skull. Looks like you're going to a castle. So, you know, yeah, I can That's I, the Overkill logo, right? The skull with the wings on it? Yeah. Yeah. And this one's just logo, back. Right? Yeah, this one's just backed up to like a castle looking gimmick. I like it. So, everybody check it out. You know, we'll play a couple of Overkill stuff on the. On the on the YouTube page, and you know, everybody join the Retro Blood YouTube page, um, and then uh, the Facebook page as well too. So, one thing I will add about this album, though, is it's an early album produced by Terry Date, who went on to be a famous producer that produced a lot of really big records, like he produced Soundgarden and Deftones and Slipknot, and um, he's a very, very, very famous producer now in in heavy music. He produced Dark Angel and Metal Church and. All kinds Boom. of bands, uh, really, really heavy bands. Uh, Allison Chains, I believe, he produced one of their records too. But yeah, he, he's a really, really good producer in heavy music. He 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 really knows how to get good guitar sounds, I think. Um, but yeah, so this was an early, uh, early, early production credit for Terry Date for all your producer nerds out there. Boom! There you go, everybody. <clears throat> so what do you got? I know you got a, a couple of stuff for us, Allison. What do you got for our history stuff? Uh, um, well, I got one uh, one metal thing. There was also another album released this day. So if you and I had gone on October 13th to see Halloween 5 and we'd gone to the record store to buy a couple things that was still in the way, we would have got Overkill play, uh, Years years of Decay and we would have bought um, an album by a band that I had around this time I became a very big fan of, Voivod. And I know I think we've talked about Voivod before. Yeah. But not this album. So this album, uh, Nothing Face, came out on the same day. Um, uh, Voivod is a very unique band. That's uh, the only way I can really describe them. It's it's they're like a th- kind of a thrash band, or they were in the early 
early stage. I think we talked about an early Voivod album that was thrash. But this is after they had gotten into a more um, progressive, I guess you would say, um, sound. It's hard to describe what they sound like. It's real angular. Um, it has a lot of sharp edges on it. There's not a lot of melody to it. It's like really weird off time, like almost avant-garde guitar and drum things with him singing over. It's really hard to describe. Um, but this album is fantastic. Um, nothing face. They do a, they do a, uh, a Pink Floyd cover on it. And it was, it was this album and the next album, I think are both masterpieces. And it was the last two where they had the original lineup of snake piggy blackie in a way. Um, like the core original members of Voivod. And I don't know that they ever got all four of them back. Piggy died of cancer, I don't know, 10 or 12 years ago. And then, um, and then Blackie left the band again. Um, so the band is now a different bass player and then Snake singing and away on the drums. But um, they're still good. They're still going even to this day. But um, they, uh, this was definitely like the classic era in my opinion, of Voivod. Like, they like got out of, they matured past the thrash thing, and they were going into these really, like, weird science fiction, you know, these, this like, science fiction concept albums of, of stories about space and things that don't really make any sense. Well, it's in the name, I guess. Yeah, right. And there, hmm. there are things that really don't really make any sense. But, yeah, there's a really good song on it called um, X-Ray Mirror, which is one of my favorite songs by them, is on this album. Plus, you know, of course, uh, Unknown Nose, which was the single, and Nothing Face. But yeah, this is a really good album. And uh, the Overkill album would probably be more easy for us to digest and listen to. But if, if you listen to Voivod, Nothing Face, long enough, it's not something that just jumps out at you. But if you listen to it long enough, it kind of grows on you after a while. Nice. Well, maybe we'll play a little bit after the show. Uh, maybe. Check it, check it all out. See what's good. So yeah, yeah, everybody definitely check it out. So that sounds very interesting. Um, so what do you have with us on the pro wrestling side? I know you found something kind of juicy. Oh yeah, some juicy, juicy, juice stuff um, that does kind of relate to stuff that's going on in 2022. Oh. So <laughs> on October 12th, so the day before this movie came out, um, the WWF um, was, they were like in the middle of doing like a U- European tour. And I think... I don't really have the full details on this, but it sounds to me like they had just got back to the United States because they did a show at, in Philadelphia two days later. But um, the famous wrestler Coco Beware was fired after getting into a fight. Oh, no, they were in Belgium. Sorry, I didn't read my own notes. They were in Belgium. Mm-hmm. They were still in Europe. So they got, he got in a fight with a backstage um, executive, Jim Troy of the WWF, and then he ended up getting fired. And then... Apparently, it came out later that Jim Troy kind of uh, provoked it, and then he ended up resigning. But um, Coco got fired because he got in a fight with a with an executive, uh, much like CM Punk's about to get fired because he got in a fight with an executive yeah. in AEW. Pretty wild, huh? See how that stuff mirrors each other? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, time, you know, time is a wheel, right? Yeah. I mean, when you're working in that t- style environment, you know, when we talk a little bit about pro wrestling, you know, it's, it's you know, obviously it's a uh, performance arts. So, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of times and it's also a sport as well. So it's kind of like a mixture. So, you know, with that, mm-hmm. you're going to get a lot of egos. You're going to get a lot of, you know, hot heads. You're just going to get a lot of like, you know, locker room mentality. 
Um, sometimes, you know, even if it comes to management. So, you know, somebody pisses you off or teases you that much, you know, they're going to do something about it. And, you know, just with any kind of job, obviously, if you talk off or get into a fight with the, your boss or management, I mean, <laughs> the company pretty much looks at the uh, management side. So you're going to be yeah. out of there. And obviously, then we're, we're hearing stories about punk and stuff. And, you know, we heard about this Coco guy. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty wild how, you know, that, that that area of realm, you know, how it is mm-hmm. and stuff, you know, when it comes to, like, the sport locker room mentality or Somebody pisses you off to the point where, you know, we even heard stories about Andrade, you know, going to yeah. the arena, just looking for Sammy Guevara just to confront him and punch him out because of some Twitter war, you know? So, very, yep. you know, like, well, that'd be like, you know, if I'm working with one of my coworkers and they piss me off and I just wait outside somebody's place and, oh, hey, hey I heard you were talking crap with me for two minutes. Let me go fight you. Like, you know, you got to check your egos out the door when you're working with these people. But, you know, I get it, though, because, you know, pro wrestling you know you're you're basically putting your life in somebody's hand you know to, to yeah, work with you and, and 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 protect you and you know put on a good show you know it's hard when you have beef with somebody you know like how you know yes. they're not gonna fucking stiff you or like accidentally oh sorry i didn't mean to do that and hurt hurt the person you know you know well i mean it has happened yeah it's ha- it's had happened before and yeah there has yeah. been times even when the people are beefing you they could still go out there and be professional you know, mm-hmm. but we've seen like backstage fights before. You know, that's been going on wrestling forever. You know, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, you know, Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage. I mean, you uh, name it, it's going Ed, on. Yeah. Edge and Matt Hardy. Edge and Matt. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it just, um, that's what just happens with that particular area. But, but yeah, I mean, the interesting stuff about the punk stuff, you know, I'm not sure if there's no, but I, I heard some rumors are trying to buy out his contract. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. Like, they're going to do something to where, he just doesn't come back. I mean, you can't with with him like like not. It wasn't just a fight. If it were just a fight, that would be one thing. But I mean, he basically just threw the entire company under the bus. Yeah, uh, you know, at a at, you know live on a media in a media thing yeah. in front of like an, a press conference. And you know, I mean, like Tony Khan should never have let him do that. Tony Khan should just told him to shut up. Yeah, after he won the um, world title, like, all things too. Right. Yeah, and like it's like it's like Tony Tony. It's almost like Tony forgot who worked for who for a minute, and you know I think that he was trying to be everybody's buddy, and he can't be everybody's buddy. And I think he's learned that now. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, I'm I, pretty sure Punk will never be back in AEW again. Yeah, I mean time will tell. We'll see. But I thought they were just put put that stuff. You know, check the egos at the door and put that stuff behind him and work some stuff out. But you know, when you when you get to that level of fighting, it's definitely something has to happen. Um, you know, yeah, it's well, pretty... I mean, they already fired Ace Steel. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Yeah, that happened yesterday. So, um, you know, speaking of the Coco stuff, though, you know, it, it is pretty interesting. You know, during, it, it, how do you think we would have got that news in the 80s? I mean, the only way I could see of doing it is maybe in like one of the dirt sheets, like write up papers. You know what I mean? But it, yeah, that'd probably be maybe. like weeks or two weeks or maybe a month later than it actually happened, you know? Yeah. I mean, we probably would have read it, read about it in one of the wrestling magazines maybe a month or two later. Or if we subscribe to uh, Melter's paper, we would probably would have heard about it because he he seemed to, he had connections even then and in, in WWF. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean now we hear about things like immediately, like as soon oh, as yeah. it happens, Boom. like like it'll be on cage side seats and like yeah, you know, like the next day, pretty much, or not, yeah. not even the next, maybe that that night, not even <laughs> the next day. Yeah, it's just crazy how like the news is so like 
you know, you find about more stuff, you know, because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people, more people that got fired for like backstage altercations that we probably never even heard of. You know what I mean? Just because there was right, yeah. maybe not even a big deal or maybe just like the actual uh, story just never even got out. You know, it's really hard to, nowadays to keep stuff like locked down and, and secretive. So, but speaking of yeah. locking down and keeping Those... stuff secretive, let's talk all about the Halloween 5 development. Oh, uh, yeah. I always like to talk a little bit about the making of the movie before we actually do it. Um. So, obviously, this was the, the fifth installment of the Halloween franchise at this particular time. Uh, and apparently, which I can kind of see this uh, just by watching it. So, apparently, they weren't even done with the script <laughs> while they're, like, shooting this movie. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> yeah. So now, actually, I thought this one was... Um, well, we're, we're not going to go into super big detail about six, but I thought this one was a little bit more well structured than even six was. Uh, but there's some stuff that happened in six um, that 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 kind of caused a halt on some of the production. But um, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so so we have you know the, we have the same producer Mustafa Akkad. He is back. Um, so he and and then the writer and and director Alan B. Uh, McLeary and Dwight H. Little, they return to the respective duties on the fifth film. However, both declined. So they both declined. Um, mm-hmm. So Ramsey Thompson, assuming producing responsibilities for their fourth films, Paul Freeman, and opt to hire playwright Shame Bitterman as screenwriter. Bitterman's script entitled Halloween 5, The Killer Inside Me which was written in a span of three days, featured an yep. evil uh, Jamie Lloyd and uh, resurrected Michael Myers once again. However, Akkad was adamant about making Myers the sole antagonist of the film. Nevertheless, Bitterman penned a second draft by February 1989, and Jeff Burr, director of From a Whisper to a Scream, was being courted to helm the film. So Burr's producing partners, Darren Scott and William Burr, were also in the mix to co-produce alongside Thompson. The directing job was seemingly blurs until series co-creator Deborah Hill met director Dominique um, at the 1989 Sundance Film Festival and recommended him to a con. So we're seeing some uh, some switch-ups in the uh, production side of this movie. Uh, so yeah, that, that looks like uh, that sounds like nobody wanted to make that. Yes, because basically, you know, we yeah. had we had we had Alan and we had Dwight, um, you know, who did the Halloween four and stuff. Um, so you know, they were they they were going to return for the field film, but they both declined to do it. So they're just like, ah, I guess they wanted to move on some stuff in their career. So we're trying to find some new players to finish up this script, and apparently. This guy, this Bitterman's, he was having some idea to kind of like spice things up a little bit. But our boy Akkad was like putting the hammer down like he likes to do. And some of these. Uh, right. he, so I, I'm so apparently, I'm guessing like this Mustafa Akkad, he's basically like the Vince McMahon of the Halloween series. You know, it's pretty much like his final word. <laughs> yeah. It says. So, yeah, because he had the rights to the movies. Yeah. He had, by this point, he had. He had bought the, the rights solely to Halloween uh, 
uh, from John Carpenter. So John Carpenter had no more say. And uh, he, uh, Mustafa Akkad had, had bought the rights outright from, from them. Um, and now his son controls it. And, uh, I, you know, uh, Jason Blum said that after Halloween ends, that it's going to go back to the Akkad family. So they'll control it again. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so the Akkads owned Halloween outright, you know, completely at this point. So he could do whatever he wanted. So whatever, you know, whatever he said went basically. Yes. So I thought this part was pretty interesting. All right. So after, uh, so on Deborah Hill's, uh, according to, you know, Dominique, he was, uh, you know, he was, since he was recommended from Deborah Hill to Khan, he he was instated as the director, and apparently he infam- he uh, <laughs> he pretty much threw Bitterman's draft into a trash can in front of a con. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Fuck this shit! We're not doing this crap." Uh-huh. <laughs> so he brought you know uh, Dominic that he brought Robert Hardin's of Home Movies to write an entirely new draft. Which uh, a Frankenstein-inspired story where Myers is resurrected and no longer evil, but is pursued by but is uh, pursued by an angry mob. Right, well, that'd have been something. That, that basically weird. happened in Halloween Kills, though. I mean, in a way. So Harden's pitch was rejected, leading Dominic to pitch a new concept with co-writer Michael Jacobs. The duo's initial title was Halloween 5 and Things That Go Bump in the Night. These titles, <laughs> men, are great. <laughs> things That Go Bump in the Night. So after reviewing the screenplay, Dominic added uh, Jamie's uh, uh, inability to speak. Because remember, she couldn't speak for a little bit in the beginning of the movie. Along with the supernatural right. plots device of her telepathic visions connected to Michael Myers. So, you know, when we left the fourth movie, we just thought, like, that maybe, you know, Jamie Lloyd's character probably took over, like, the evilness of, of Michael Myers, like, that, that spirit of being evil. But what, what, what happened, according to Dominic and their plot line, is, well, she is now supernaturally telepathic linked to Michael Myers himself. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you can definitely tell this movie was written by different people than wrote Halloween 4. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can tell, like, they're just, you know, we have to, like, key in a couple things, but we're just going to get, like, a whole new uh, playing field. You know what I mean? That's pretty much what they were doing on this one. Like, we're just doing a whole new thing. We're going to add some elements that happen in number four, but we're just going to make it all new. So, another departure from previous films in the series was Dominic's attempt to pursue the audience to relate to Michael Myers' character, who he intended to appear more human, even vulnerable, when uh, conducting and feelings inside of him, so, which we did see that um, in one of the scenes where yeah, true. where Jamie and Michael were kind of connecting a little bit together, we actually see Michael Myers crying. Oh boy, the fucking fanboys nowadays! If we had this fucking Michael Myers <laughs> and Halloween and kill cry or Halloween oh, ends yeah. cry, these these fanboy marks they'd be fucking going crazy. That's right, I said yeah, it. I could be the heel on here. Yep. Well, I mean, you're right. I mean, when you know, you're the heel that says the says things that are true, right? Yes. Um, you're like the Miz of our show. Um, oh yeah, great. But the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the, 
but anyway, <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, I mean, you're right. Like they want, everybody wants Michael Myers just to be a killing machine, right? Like it's all about the kills. It's not yeah. about the story anymore. Which I actually um, don't mind that, you know, actually, cause you know, there, he was also talking about, you know, how Loomis, which he was, he's bad walk. He's batshit crazy in this fucking film, which we'll talk oh, about yeah. here soon. You know, Loomis does try to get on the human side of Michael Myers. And I actually appreciate that. Like, <laughs> I actually liked it where they're trying to like reach the Michael Myers' human side. Because that is like, that's like, that's what doctors do. Or that's what therapists do. And that's what people do <laughs> when people have trauma. They try to, you know, get on your human side. So I actually liked that part of this story. I thought they did a great job with that. Even though some of it was a little goofy. <laughs> We'll we'll talk about that when it happens, but yeah, that's that was pretty goofy. Yes, um, you know, of course, this is where we got a lot more of the um, the man in black, you know, the Thorn Doctor guy in the mm-hmm. uh, this film, and um, you know, a couple people were kind of confused about okay, why? So you know, like we were saying before, so you know, me me and you, Allison, our audience at home as well like we had mm-hmm. the hindsight of knowing okay there's a six out there and we know that six kind of explains the whole thorn trilogy and all that shit you know we bring fucking billy back he's some sort of like geek nerd i freaking i yeah. I thought he was in number five and i was totally wrong i was like fuck because that character is pretty funny <laughs> like the like the science the the fucking uh, uh geek sci-fi billy character is way better than the fucking billy that we got in fucking uh, halloween kills he's in number six um, you know, so we have yeah. we have hindsight of seeing. Okay, we know this is a, some ego, evil organization cult member. Uh, we know that right. their 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 goal is to uh, uh, have Michael's spirit, you know, kill the town and kill his bloodline and stuff. Like it's all he's basically kind of being like manipulated by this occult and stuff. We had right. the uh, um, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say so. I'm trying to remember. It's been a really long time since I've seen six. So Billy. Yeah. So okay, so Halloween Six, the one that has the guy uh, that does Ant Man play Billy? Yes. Yeah, in maybe, Halloween Six, right? Yes. He's played by Ant Man, right? Yeah, maybe he's like yeah, a okay. super nerd. Yeah, yeah. He has like this fucking yeah, old computer. Okay. It looks like he's he looks like he should be on the X Files, to be honest with you. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. Okay. Yeah. All right. I got you. Anyway. Yeah. So keep going. Well, like I was saying. Um, you know, like I said, we had a hindsight, hindsight of seeing what goes on the Thorn trilogy. But, you know, a lot of people who are watching this movie, they're like, well, why is this fucking witch doctor around here just showing up and doing nothing? You know what I mean? Like, you know, like it just kind of he came out of nowhere, which he did on this scene. Like he would just show up and like here and there. So, you can know, he was up to something, but we didn't know what his character was. It left a lot of people confused in the actual movie, you know. Because, you know, a movie sometimes, you know, like, movies are different than TV shows, you know, or where you, like, it's, it's a, you gotta, like, you can leave stuff to mystery, but you can't leave too much stuff to mystery. mystery. Well, so. yeah, but, I mean, it's a mystery. We don't have yeah. to explain every single thing. But then again, I, like I said, I'm different than everybody else, apparently. And I enjoy the mystery more than I enjoy finding out the answer. Um. You know, like I like I like the mystery more than I do. Like I like things that are unsolved. Like I, I think that's more interesting than studying something that is solved. Um, you know what I mean? So, but so I really liked it. I remember watching this and and really liking the idea of the man in black and the Thorn cult and all that kind of stuff. Yes, and wondering what it was. 
So, and I agree with that. You know, there should be at least some sort of like mystery, especially if you know you're doing like a trilogy. Yeah, there should be a, some, yeah. some like, you know, some, okay, where is this going type of thing. It gets more people discussion room on there. Uh, so a couple of things I want to talk about before we do our full review. Um, mm-hmm. So <laughs> so the original opening, although this is kind of interesting. So the fr- the film's original screenplay featured a young hermit who takes in the injured Michael at the beginning of the film, whose, whose right. shack was filled with uh, ancient ruins, tablets, and other occult items used to perform necromancy. Though initially filmed okay. as such, the Theron Reed, uh, the Reed, portraying the young man known as Doctor Death, the sequence was later reshot, featuring an older actor, and the occult pa- uh, par- paraphernalia then was theme was removed. So we almost had like a cult-like structure of Michael being resurrected, <laughs> which I thought would be really better than just some old guy's shack with his crazy bird. <laughs> eh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, so apparently, you know, that scene with the uh, the original footage with Reed was thought to be lost. But the original sequence had been in- intended to set the groundwork for a subplot that had Michael Myers under the curse of Thorn, controlled by a cult devoted to the ancient ruins. In, 2000, in April 2019, actor Don Shanks reported that the film reels had been discovered, which may contain the original lost opening scene. In August 20, 2021, it was revealed that Screen Factory have obtained the original opening sequence of the film to be included and has a bonus feature in their forthcoming Blu-ray, which was released October 5th, 2021. So if yep. anybody has those DVDs, you can see the original concept. And I actually thought that would have been you know, a, a lot better idea because... You know, we did see the thorn um, symbol on Michael's hand, but I, mean, I kind of like the idea better of it, you know, of him being transferred to that particular storyline there than like just like randomly showing everything up in the sixth movie. So, um, yeah, good point. Good point. So, you know, we have a couple other little things like apparently the guy who played Michael, Don uh, Shanks, he actually got injured a couple times. <laughs> playing good old Michael Myers on here. Uh, so apparently he got his nose broken by none other than Loomis, Donald Pleasant himself, when he was beating his ass with that twenty-four, uh, that 2 by 4 block of wood. And he was also in- injured uh, when he did the, uh, uh, when Mike crashes the uh, Camaro scene as well, too. Mm-hmm. So doing his duty, playing a, a dangerous character. Um, so... Let's see. Anything else good on there? I think we talked about most of the fun stuff. Um, so yeah, you know, couple a uh, couple relights. You know, so this movie. Sometimes I like to talk about the budget. You know, like we we're saying before, pretty much all the Halloween movies make money. So this movie was filmed on yep. a five point five million budget and it ended with eleven point six million U.S. only. So definitely making its money, and we're still going strong with the box office here. With Halloween as well. Yeah, but just barely though. Yeah. So basically, it, you know, like it look, you know, that seems a lot more money than it is because you got to think though, for a movie, a movie basically has to double whatever it costs to make a profit. Yeah. Because there's so much more going into a movie than making it. You know, they have to cut, they have to strike prints, which back then, you know, a print was like $2,000 for one print. And then you got to promote it, and they got to buy ads for it, and they got to buy TV time. 
So basically, your movie has to make double the money that it made to break even. And so it made a little bit of a profit, but it, it was, I would say that this was the least, in my opinion, it would have been the least profitable. You know, the, like Halloween 3 was considered a failure, but that was way more profitable than this. Yeah. Overall. And of course, this movie, like a lot of Halloween movies that we talked about before, had mostly negative reviews. So keeping well, that, of course. keeping that trend up, brother. if i got a good review from critics i would worry yeah exactly there you go all right so let's get into the full review of halloween 5 the revenge of michael myers sheriff they want you down to the cemetery today in the cemetery somebody dug up a coffin was a coffin of a nine-year-old girl. You've come back to us, Michael. When are they going to realize that she is not him, she's just a child? They know that Michael Myers is her uncle, and that she attacked her stepmother. That's why they fear her, especially on Halloween. You are afraid. You're afraid the whole thing might start to happen again. How many people did he kill last year? Have you forgotten? But you never looked into his face, did you? You never saw his eyes. You never saw that nothing, no expression, blank. My memory goes back 12 years. I prayed that he would burn in hell. But in my heart, I knew that hell would not Michael Myers is outside. The National Guard will take him to a maximum security facility. But he'll stay till the day he dies. Never die. Alright, so actually, this opening scene was pretty badass. Okay? Yeah. Like, with the, with the fucking pumpkin getting chopped to fucking death. And we had like, we don't just have like the normal, like Halloween, you know, music written by John Carpenter. We have like a little bit of a, a slower pace one. And it kind of like, yeah. fed, it kind of like fed in to like the original Halloween sound. I, I just thought this opening scene was like perfect. Like I loved it. I loved it. Um, so we're having that cool, you know, carving that pumpkin and shit. And then pretty much we, what we do is we, where we left off of number four, you know, we see, Rachel and we see Jamie in the truck with Michael Myers, you know, doing his best Dukes of Hazard, throwing on the car. They stop, they run him over. Uh, we get the whole connection scene of Jamie going up to uh, Michael. You know, he's about to stab her, but then the cops fucking shoot his ass and he falls down the uh, down the, the lake. And this mm-hmm. is when we see, which was, I guess it was supposed to be a deleted scene before, but they just used it for five to kind of build the story, which is fine. They used the uh, uh, dynamite to blow up the hole where they found Michael in. And, of course, Michael just yeah. slittered out of there, brother. And he fucking, uh, <laughs> I don't know, for some reason, like, seeing Michael, like, like flow downstream was pretty funny to me. <laughs> I don't know why I thought it was so yeah. funny. Like, oh, yeah, just, there he is, just going downstream. Yeah. He's okay. Yeah, so, he, so he's basically, time. yeah, he's basically Frankenstein at this point. So this is basically... <laughs> If you go back and watch Bride of Frankenstein, this is exactly how Bride of Frankenstein starts. Yeah. 
<laughs> with the castle blowing up and the Frankenstein's monster falling down into a pit of water and he floats down the river. And then the next scene that we see in this movie is also in Bride of Frankenstein. Yes. Hey, maybe, you know, maybe that Frankenstein stuff, you're like, yeah, you know, you might got something there. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure they left that in from the Frankenstein thing because this is definitely, this is yeah. exactly how Bride of Frankenstein starts. They didn't put that shit in the trash, brother. <laughs> so I wonder if those guys had a fight after they did that. You know what I mean? Like bitter, bitter men and Dominique. I wonder if they fucking brawled backstage. <laughs> <laughs> you maybe we heard like, 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 yeah, he threw my script in the trash, motherfucker. I'm gonna go find you, <laughs> boy. There's Twitter back in the day. They probably went at each other. That, that would have been hilarious though, with him just walking into a cod's office and just yeah. like throwing the script into the garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck this shit. I don't want that fucking... Fuck this. Fuck this. So this is when we have some old guy. Like, <clears throat> to be honest with you, like, the the opening scene that they got rid of like sounds way cooler than this one. Because this one was just some old yeah. guy who lived in some sort of like shack by the lake or like the pond. And he's talking yeah. to his bird named Cookie. Yep. Telling Cookie to stop making noise. And then old guy hears noise, goes out there. Michael runs into him, chokes him, tries to choke him. He just passes out. And that's it. And then we Well, have, then he takes care of Michael, though. Well, yeah, apparently. But, like, you know, the next scene was basically says <laughs> Halloween Eve one year later. So we didn't see any of him taking care of him. Like, what the fuck did this fucking so, Uncle Fester so guy so do? Like, living if, with this guy for a, he's living with this guy for a year. Yeah. I mean, what did this guy apparently. do? Like, okay, this guy's in this creepy Halloween mask. I'm just going to, like, I'm not going to go report him to the cops. I'm not going to go, like, bring him to a hospital. <laughs> Uh, I'm just he doesn't normal, talk. He doesn't talk. He just sits there, and I'm just gonna like feed him the whole time. <laughs> like, does he bathe him? Well, like, what is he doing with? Uh, is the well? I mean, you gotta consider. I mean, the guy lives in a shack by the river. I mean, bathing is probably not like something that's high on his priority list. But I mean, isn't the guy blind, or is that in Frankenstein? <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're ripping <laughs> off Frankenstein, so we can just call this guy fucking blind too. He didn't look blind. But, I mean, I can't remember in this movie if he's blind or not. But in the in the in the in the, when this happens in Bride of Frankenstein, the guy's blind and he can't see Frankenstein's monster, and Frankenstein's monster can't really talk very well. So he stays with him for a while until 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 he freaks out and leaves again. But um, but you know, Michael is the same way. Michael stays with this guy for a year apparently. Like I was like like we were talking about Halloween is I find this part really fucking hard to believe that Michael's surviving somewhere for a year or four yeah. years. Just but. in a coma, just hanging out. Right. Like just we don't bury his you know? like the guy didn't think he was dead, he didn't bury his body, he just kept him in the same spot for a year. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he probably maybe he helped him like build his shack or I don't know. But I maybe <laughs> it just he, doesn't seem it doesn't seem likely is what I'm saying. Maybe this is the Jeff guy that we were talking about who taught Michael how to drive, and then he's like, oh, shit, he came back to me. <laughs> who knows? Maybe. Maybe this is Jeff. Jeff got ran off from the psychiatric institute after because he was the one that, that taught Michael to drive so he could escape. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's like the Friday the 13th movies. Like, it's really hard for me to believe that Jason Voorhees survives in these woods of New Jersey for all of these years. I mean, it's just, you know, well, it's just, it's, it's just something you have to accept, I guess. It's just, yeah. all this is hard for me to believe. Well, so, so now we're, it's Halloween Eve right now. One year later. Yes. All right. We one are now, later. one year later. We're now at the Hattonfield Child Clinic. All right. Yeah. And this is where our young Jamie. So last time we, we left off with Jamie, she was in her killer 
outfit one year later, uh, supposedly stabbing her her stepmom to death in the bathtub with scissors. And Loomis was about yeah, to shoot this. Guess... And look, fucking Loomis is about to shoot this girl. Like, I ain't doing this shit again. And then I guess. Yeah, yeah. So now they brought her to this clinic to give her some tests. And yeah. she's having like and this they seem to have test. completely forgotten that she murdered somebody. Well. Well, not uh, forgotten, but like, it, that all seems to be just perfectly fine. Yes. Like, she's free to well, be a regular girl or yes. whatever. So, I'm, th- I don't know if this is explained. So, apparently. We don't see her her step parents at all in this movie, but I suppose right. supposedly what I've heard when I was watching this, I got to the inclusion was the conclusion was that she didn't kill her stepmom; she just injured her by stabbing her. But she didn't actually kill her because she was still technically alive. Because okay. some, huh. I'll, 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 I'll explain to everybody why here in a second. So okay. Jamie's being tested and stuff and she's recapping she's basically recapping the whole scene of her stabbing the stepmom and everything she wakes up screaming um and then this nurse comes in her her main nurse comes in she's like oh is this another nightmare and stuff um you know and then she goes says all the things that which totally threw me for a loop she's like oh do you want me to go call your mom i was like call her mom like her fucking mom's dead her stepmom's dead what the fuck's going on talking to her mom what kind of nurse are you yeah so I was like, what the fuck? Okay. So she wakes up scream, but she's not like, so when, when, when Jamie's screaming, she's not really like screaming. She does. She lost her voice. So she can't like right. project it right now. She's like, kind of like silent screaming. All right. Right. So she's like freaking out and having all these like fucking, uh, uh, you know, like seizures basically. And, and, and she acts like she can't breathe. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is when we get a, a shot of Michael's hand. He has a thorn symbol on his hand. So, you know, we keep mm-hmm. that in there. And now that we're seeing that they're like, they're showing like basically that they're linked. Like when Michael's getting up or she's like getting up, they're like linked together. And this is when we see Michael wake up from his shack. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then now Jamie, yeah. she is like drawing like, like he's coming for me on like a chalkboard. That's what she's drawing too. Um, and then, um, and then this is when Michael gets up. He puts on his mask. And he just fucking kills that old guy that he was <laughs> hanging out for a year with. <laughs> right. Like he's lived with this guy for a year uh, and there's been no problems at all. And then all of a sudden he's like, I'm just going to fucking kill this yeah, guy. Yeah, wakes up and kills his ass. <laughs> okay, thanks, old guy. You didn't do jack shit. You just kept this murder guy around for you for, you didn't bury him, didn't go to the cops. Okay, whatever. So now Jamie's having more seizures and stuff. And this is when the, her main doctor wants to open up her throat because they think that she's choking or she can't breathe. Mm-hmm. Fucking Loomis shows out of nowhere. This guy just <laughs> fucking pops up like crazy. Shows up out of nowhere. Is like, no, 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 nurse, no. And like the nurse is the like nurse is doing like mouth to mouth, and like Loomis is like, no, no. <laughs> and then Loomis so, is like, uh, she's like, he's like, she stabilized. <laughs> so I have a question about this. I have, I have lots of questions for the, about this movie yes. that I hope you can answer. But anyway, about this part. So has Loomis moved to Haddonfield? Does he live in Haddonfield now? I mean, apparently. Or he just showed up a lot. Maybe he knew it was he, Halloween. You know, He's remember, like, it's he always schedule. had to travel to Haddonfield, right? He always yeah. had to travel to Haddonfield. And that's, you know, in, in, in one, two, and four, he had to travel to Haddonfield. Well, yeah, one and two and then four. He had to travel to Haddonfield. So if he doesn't live in Haddonfield, are we just supposed to believe that he just happened to show up right at this moment for no reason? 
Like, why is he here? Yeah. Well, well I mean, we know why he's here. Yes. Trying to find Michael Myers one year later. It's Halloween, right? So he came back to Haddonfield again. Yeah. So, but, I mean, so basically, what happened? He here's just what happened. Up out of nowhere. So between uh, October first to thirty first, Loomis is out of his mind. He can't. He he's freaking <laughs> freaking out, yelling at everybody, trying to shoot Michael. Wants to hurt little girls. He's crazy. But between the rest of the year, he's just some nice old guy who goes to uh, his office, drinks some coffee, and does paperwork. Okay, <laughs> that's why I picture the Loomis character. Okay, it's only it's only in October where he freaks out. So <laughs> and he's all like, she's like, yeah. You see, she stabilized, and the doctor's like, you just want to freaking harm this little girl, don't you? So we're seeing that there's like some tension between uh, Loomis and and um, Jamie here. Uh, right, yeah. and she's like, and Loomis is like, look at her. She has to tell us something. So this is when we have, um, we finally see Rachel. She's back. All right. Yeah. And this, I thought was a little weird too, because like, she just comes and visit Jamie. And I was like, for, you know, cause you know, we don't know what's going on right now. We're just seeing that. Okay. Last time that we saw Jamie, she fucking stabbed Rachel's mom. Like it almost killed her. Right. Like, and then right. now Jamie, now Rachel's going to this hospital one year later, like fucking smiles here and there. Like, oh, everything's all cool. I'm like, didn't this fucking girl like almost kill your mom? Yeah, <laughs> like, but she didn't. I mean, in this, uh, in this continuity, I guess she survived. And, you know, uh, it, it's like she cares about her. Like, it's a family thing. Like, you know, I, I could see that. I could see that. Like, I could see somebody like you know, having a psychotic episode and doing something really bad yet you don't like completely, you know, kick them, them out of your yeah. life. Yeah. Or trust them. Yeah. I got I don't you. know. I mean I, I could see I could see that. I could see this happening. So especially you know, from such a cute little girl like Jamie D. Lloyd. That's true, yeah. I guess like they're just blaming it on like the Michaels or Michael or something. So, you know, so after yeah. this, you know, uh, Jamie, she can't talk or nothing like that, but she looks all happy. And then this is when they have their dog, Max. He's showing up there mm-hmm. too. And this is when we meet the Tina character. And they're basically just giving uh, Jamie um, a, a pink dress. All right. So they're all happy. Everybody's all happy. You know what happens after this, guys? Loomis shows up. He's like, what the hell's again. going on over here? And then everybody looks at him like, oh, fuck, here we go again, this fucking Loomis guy. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so, uh, a big thing is, like, um, during this whole thing, you know, Rachel is feeling a little guilty because she wants to be with with Jamie, you know, during the Halloween season. But right. apparently, like, we're, 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 we're getting to the point where she's like, she's going to be gone for a couple of days. Because she's just gonna like the parents are already gone, like they're on a trip, and the parents wanted uh, Rachel to come with them on the trip to be away from Haddonfield because they don't like being around Haddonfield around October time, because this is when the shit goes down. You know what I mean? They're like they're right, like the, they're we're like, gonna leave Jamie there by herself. Yes, so we're leaving Jamie here in this this hospital, and just yeah. in case something happens, like Michael comes back, we're gonna have everybody else gone. So Rachel's kind of conflicted. Like she wants to be with Jamie during Halloween, but then she's kind of like the parents. Everybody was telling her just to kind of stay away and like, you know, don't think about it and have fun out there. So that's what she was talking about with Loomis uh, with outside as well. Um, And of course, you know, she says that her mom and dad send their love. So once Rachel told Jamie that mom and dad send their love, we, we can kind of assume that the mom didn't die. So, 
Okay, well, that's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. So I would just like it wasn't like it was just kind of like you had to like kind of catch up on their their verbiage to kind of get like the mom didn't actually die. So oh, so then during this time as well, um, there's a rock and it gets thrown through the window, and the glass breaks. And this is when the evil child must die. So apparently, the town knows that Jamie and Michael are related. I guess so. So. But then they want to kill the little girl. Yes, they want to kill the little girl because they feel since she's part of the Myers bloodline that she is crazy as well. Hmm. Um, so, you know, that's what Loomis is saying. It's like he, he knows that the town and Jamie and Michael are related. Um, Rachel doesn't want to leave because she's being afraid. And Mike, uh, Loomis is talking about, you know, it doesn't matter about being afraid and stuff. He just, she doesn't want to leave her alone. But she's like, okay, well, I guess let me go into this farm party. Boy, wait till we get to the farm party. This is great. So now we have, this is back at Rachel's house, the same house that um, uh, Jamie stabbed the, the ex-mom. I mean, the uh, um, mother-in-law. In. Mother-in-law. Yeah. Fucking um, uh, adopted mom. mom. Yeah, adopted mom, yeah. That would have been something. Well, there is a weird storyline I'm going to talk about at the end of this. So uh, Max is barking. You know, this is when we see Michaels, and this is when we have Rachel getting ready. There's some '80s music going on. She's getting ready and stuff. This is when we're having, you know, one of those Michael scenes where he just creeps outside of the whole house during the whole time. Um, Jamie's she's drawing, and this is when we see another linked. They're linked together again. They're like linked up, and this is when Rachel's freaks out. Loomis is there. What's going on? <laughs> is Max all right? What's going on? It's like fucking crazy. He just show- this Loomis guy just shows up everywhere. He just sh- right, he just shows up out of the blue through this whole movie. Yeah. Oh, wait till we get to his scene. Oh my god. <laughs> so, uh, so this is like when you know Rachel's. They call up Rachel, and they're like, "Hey, Rachel, you okay?" She's like, "Yeah." She's like, "Go check on Max. Is Max okay? Go check on him." She's like, "She's like, she's like in her towel." She's like, "Okay, I'll go check on him." She goes out there. Yeah. She sees the door open, so she goes up there like, "Hey, Max, the door and the door is open." And they're like, "Get out of there! Get out of there now!" So she gets out there. She runs around around town. Obviously, we can see Michael. He's inside the house. Um, and then, so this is like a a, a weird um, scene here a little bit. And I want to get your thoughts on this too, just really quick. So we we have the uh, the police show up because um, she called the police about you know maybe there's somebody inside or she's missing dog. And when we first see these two cops, we have we have some goofy music behind them. Mm-hmm. So. With my understanding of showing cops in a goofy light, like that was like a seventies thing that they kind of did. Like you know, remember when they showed like La- I don't so Last House on the Left, you know that movie was very serious, very dark and stuff. But every time they would show the cops, yeah. it was like this goofy like fucking Dukes of Hazard movie uh, music <laughs> in the background. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, like that, the, they had the goofy seventies yeah. cops. In so it. Yeah, what? What my understanding was, it was supposed to be like showing incompetence. You know what I mean? It was supposed to be showing like, hey, these are like like-hearted, like Dukes of Hazard characters in our movie. It's like for for back then, some like hardcore movies and stuff had to have some sort of like funny element to them for some reason. But they did that during this movie. Well, like, every time yeah. we show these show these cops, there would be like some goofy music behind them. Yeah, well, right, because I think that it—that's the point—is that they're they're incompetent, right? These because a lot of these cops like keep missing. They miss a lot of key elements that could have maybe stopped this whole massacre earlier if they had noticed it, but they don't. Yes. 
So this is when the dog shows back up. Max does. Everything's okay. Uh, Rachel calls um, uh, Jamie back. She said, like, hey, love you, everything, and take, you know, have fun with Billy. So uh, we see, um, you know, Billy is basically, like, just a little boy that Jamie, that the little boy Billy has a crush on Jamie. So mm-hmm. check out this part. So Loomis and Billy there. You know, Jamie's a little upset because of all that shit that just happened. Like, she dreamt, like, Michael was there killing the dog. And, you know, she knows that something's going on. And Billy, like, was trying to calm her down. Just trying to, like, consult her and stuff. And she kind of brushed him away. And Loomis like, okay, let's leave Billy. So he takes Billy out and he slams the door back. Loomis does. Comes in there saying, like, you sense something, don't you? Tell me. Tell me what you know. Please. Please. Tell me what you know. Is he here? Uh He's like freaking out on her and shit. I was like, oh, fuck. This guy has lost his mind. He is. Yep. He's getting there, he's, brother. Yeah, at this point, he is definitely more crazy than Michael is. Yeah. So now this is like Rachel. She's getting more. Yes, he is a lot more crazier than Michael. <laughs> this guy is just off his rocker, man. Uh, so Rachel, she's getting ready again, you know, because she's getting ready to get herself ready for that barn party or something. Um. So Max is barking again. She kind of sees Max through the window barking stuff. She's looking through the house and everything. Eventually, she sees... Um, uh, she goes into um, one of the rooms. Uh, she sees a picture of Jamie punched out with some blood on it. And this is when Michael comes in and says, stabs Rachel. I think there's some scissors, too. And, yeah, uh, yeah she stabs him with some scissors. So she got scissored. <laughs> and uh, she is now out so the rachel character is killed off very early in this movie yeah kind of shocking so they're just like fuck it we got some new cast over here you're out girl we'll give you a little cameo but you're out so, so now yeah so rachel uh, so now i guess jamie's just being taken care of by rachel's friend tina yeah yes and and the weird thing is too is like it looked like tina like knew everybody like she knew loomis she fucking knew the dog. She knew Jam. I didn't see her once. I thought the, the other girl was named Lindsay. Like they, they weren't the same. The same person. No, they're not. They're well. These are new people that because it's been a year. Remember? Wow. So she's she met, met all these quick. people over the past year. Damn, she made people she, these fast. Are, these are Rachel's new friends because all yeah. her all her old friends got killed in Halloween Four. Well, we just make some new ones, I guess. I guess we just make new ones. Yeah. So, <laughs> this is when you know Jamie's body was shaking everything. Mm-hmm. Um. So the, this is when Loomis is talking to the the sheriff. The sheriff is still the same, Meeker. All right, Meeker. And then he was all like, "She was shaking. Her whole body was shaking. Everything." And he was going on saying like, "To to Meeker is like, and because Meeker's like, listen, man, we haven't seen Michael. He hasn't been out here and stuff. And just you know, kind of leave the girl alone." She's like, "How many people did he kill last year? <laughs> what about your daughter?" And he's like, "Hey, man, what the hell?" And he's like, "Eyes." He's like. Look, did you see his eyes? There was nothing in his eyes. No remorse in his eyes. <laughs> this is like, and then like, then like Loomis goes on like this, like Loomis, like, <laughs> like explanation. He's like, listen, listen, Meeker, look at this hand. He's like, shows his hand. He's like, I prayed it would, he would burn in hell. But in my heart, I know he wouldn't. You know why? Because hell wouldn't have him. Like fuck, that's good, man. You know what? That's good. Shit, did you think of that all year? year to think of that. Yeah, yeah. It took him a year to think of that. 
You know what? Fuck. I might as well get my pitchfork too because I'm going to be following this Loomis guy. He was right. <laughs> and then uh, then we get a call and the guy's like, from we, we, one of the cops get a call and they tell Sheriff like, hey, Sheriff, we need you at the cemetery. And Loomis is like, yes, I told you, motherfuckers. I told you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 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 um. So now this is when we get Lynn, uh, uh, Tina. She is like looking all around for Rachel. You know, obviously Rachel's dead. So she's looking all around the house, everything. We have a couple creepy scenes. And then this is when we meet the uh, Sally character. So Sally first kind of scares Tina. And Sally is another yeah. friend. And um, so what their gimmick is, it was supposed to be Rachel, Sally, and Tina all like hanging out at Rachel's house for like the whole weekend. And then what they were going to do is they're going to go to like this big farm party. And, um, and the, they don't see, they don't see uh, Rachel anywhere. So, um, Tina and Lindsay, they assume that Rachel just went with her parents because remember at the beginning of the film, Rachel was a little, like, she didn't know what to do. She didn't know either to stay with Jamie. She didn't know to hang out with the girls or just, or she take her parents recommendation and hang out with them. So the girls thought, Oh, she's not here. She's not with Jamie. She probably just went to her parents. So. Yeah, I still think this whole thing is really weird, but let's just move on because it's not going to get any. Yeah, well, the thing is, you know, the Tina and Sally, they're just like, fuck it. We have men. We're trying to get laid. We don't give a shit about this yeah. Rachel bitch. All right. Right. <laughs> so, so now this is like when we're. <laughs> so, you know, obviously Michael's in the background and they did some cool shots of like Michael kind of like, you know, stalking them, them while they're in the walking around like, you know, the, the house mm-hmm. and then walking in like this little field. Um, so we get some more character development. Apparently Sally's never had sex before. Um, so her big night of having sex is going to be at this farm party. So we're, yeah. we're building so up. So far she's safe. Yes. Yes, exactly. So, you know, horror we got to have the ho- we got to have the horror movie tropes. Like she's wanting sex. So that means she's in danger. Right. So this is when we meet the other Michael. And boy, this guy <laughs> was super cool. All right. Fucking Camaro. Leather jacket, glasses. Yeah. Fucking, you think you're the Fonz? No, this motherfucker is the Fonz. So this he got the Fonz. Fucking Rye. Yeah. Don't you think it's weird that they have two characters named Michael in this movie? Mm hmm. Yes, I do. Like, are they trying to just like trick people? Because, like, like me, me, who has to write this shit down? I'm like, come on, man. Two Michaels. <laughs> well, technically, this guy was called Mikey. Right, but still, I mean, like you could have named him something else to make it less confusing. Yeah, exactly. But um, so basically, uh, Sally, she wanted to because they were when they were rocking around Sally and Tina, they were kind of like at the uh, the child's um, institute where Jamie's at. But then you know Michael shows up, so we had to do what he does because he has the car. So Lindsay, I mean Lindsay, I keep wanting to say Lindsay because she was the fucking girl in the sec the movie, but Tina, Tina, yes. Uh, and, and Michael are like not Michael Myers, but the fucking Michael Fonz. Okay, see how <laughs> see how confusing it is. I'm just gonna call him Michael Fonz. Okay, Mike okay. fucking Michael right. Fonz and and Tina, they're like a couple because they're like kissing up on each other. And uh, Sally gets a little upset that she can't see Jamie, but they're like, "Oh, we'll we'll we'll, we'll come back and see her later." All right. Mm-hmm. And of course, Michael's in the whole background doing all this stuff, like stalking people, which I always like that, you know. 
I think that was oh, yeah, one thing. Awesome. Yeah, I think that was one thing kind of missing a little bit in the ends too was Michael not stalking people. But you know, but that's always good. You always have to have Michael stalking people. Um, and then they're talking about a little bit too about how they should probably ban Halloween in this town, um, yeah, which was actually a storyline they were supposed to do for four. So I like that kind of callback. Okay, so this is when um, Jamie kind of wakes up. And she's looking out her window, and then she's like, "Oh shit, I see Michael." Because like she, every time Michael's nearby, she has like a link to him. And mm-hmm. this is when she's getting scared. She's running outside the halls of her of her room. Uh, she sees Michael in like a door frame. She runs. She runs. She's going to the basement. She eventually hides in the boiler room. A person overalls mm-hmm. catches her, but it's just a janitor. And then we bring her back, and the nurse brings her back as well too. And she and the nurse is just like, "Oh, it's your dreams. Did you have more bad dreams? It's all it's all dreams." All dreams. Okay. <laughs> this next scene. Yes. Now, if you guys... Okay, we've been doing... This is the fifth review of Halloween we've been doing. Okay? Yeah. Not counting three, because Loomis wasn't in there. Right. Every movie we have seen Loomis get a little crazier. The first movie, a little calm. You know, obviously it's the first one. You know what I mean? He he was a little wild, but you know, he's not like batshit crazy. Second, he's getting a little crazier, getting a little crazier. Obviously, the fourth one, he's getting okay. Yeah, we could. This guy's just wanting to shoot people now out of nowhere. This Loomis, right. this Loomis right here is wild. This motherfucker. Well, here's what he does. Goes in the room where Jamie. She's obviously this is a little girl. She's tortured by Michael Myers. She can't help it. Loomis comes in there. He's fucking like, you gotta help me. You gotta help me. Why do you want to keep him alive? Why? Why do you fight? Like he's about to like fucking choke this girl. Why are you gonna like? Like, look what he made you do. Look what he made you do. He made you stab your stepsister. I mean, your 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 stepmom. Look what he made you do. Why are you protecting him? Like he's like screaming at her. Yeah, where he's like, and it's the part where he grabs her and he's like, you know where he is. You know where he is. You know where he is. He's like, this is my. It is strange though that she's trying to protect Michael for some reason. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I guess. I mean, like in a way. I mean, it is kind of odd. How? Like she, she. How is she trying to protect him? Like she was trying to protect. Like she was trying to protect Rachel, and she was trying to protect Max. Like, like telling people, like, hey, these people are in danger now. So I guess, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, how is she supposed to know when she's a mute? how to fucking communicate to Loomis about where he is and shit. Well, okay. But, but yeah, but I kind of took it that she didn't really want to tell Loomis where he was either. But I still, why? But maybe not. But I'm, I'm, like I said, like Mm. little little stuff like that is a little interesting to see, but you know, according Mm. to Loomis right now, he, she, he feels like Jamie's not telling where Michael's at. You know, maybe, right. Maybe at this, since they are linked, maybe Jamie can feel like Michael's pain. And maybe that's why she doesn't want to like rat him out or where he's at or something. But <laughs> this, this is my, one of my favorite Loomis lines right here. He's like, freak, you know, he's been freaking out on her right now. He's like, he dug up a body. What is he going to do with that <laughs> <Yeah>. body? <laughs> no. Well, yeah, he, he's, he's like, he, 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 <laughs> Then he say like he dug up a body of a nine year old little girl. Yeah, he's like, what do you think he's gonna do with that casket? Yeah, what do you think he's gonna gonna do with that? Yeah, what do you think he's gonna do with that? All right, (laughs) tell me. You have the power to tell me. 
And then the nurse is up there too. He's like, what the hell are you doing over here? You know? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> he's just like, he's like, we have to, and then like, you know, like Loomis, he'll like scream at her. Didn't have like, this soft voice. Like, can you just, please just tell me, please. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I think it would have been so. I think it would have been so funny if, like, she had said, like, he's, she's like, Doctor Lewis got past security again. Yeah, no, exactly. Or, like, like they know about him yeah, being like a crazy person. Up, yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, uh, so this is also too. Now, this is also now where we have the uh, the witch doctor, the thorn doctor, show up off his like, bus. So we got the first little little limp him. Yeah. So now Loomis, he is now at the Myers house with a gun. All right, he's like, that crazy Jamie ain't gonna tell me where he's at. I'm gonna guess he's over here. All right, <laughs> crazy man. So okay, just walking so around crazy. He has a, so why, from past experience, yes. Why does Loomis think shooting Michael is gonna do any good? Because he has to do it more than six times. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> Maybe okay, seven that's is a the good answer. But I mean, he's already shot him six times. And then they shot him like a million times. Well, he also blew his four. ass up too. That didn't work either. <laughs> <laughs> well, and set him on fire. No wonder he's and, a nuts. But, but <laughs> well, he he he. Yeah. Let's be honest, though, everybody. Like he he is the best part of a Halloween. I mean, come on. Now. Oh, he is for sure. Yeah. Like, he's in this movie. He's more interesting to watch than Michael is for sure. Oh yeah, he's yes, he is great. <laughs> he he should have got a fucking Oscar for this movie. Just for the pure comedy of everything he does. So he's fucking around this house with a huge ass gun. Yeah. It looks like a Batman villain in this fucking movie. Just fucking is walking this, around. This is where I he's at Michael's house. confused with a scene later on where he's walking around. He's like, Michael, are you here? That kind of that scene where he's like trying to talk to him and he's like turning on the lights and then the dead possum falls yeah. out of the little. Yeah. This, that's, yeah. Okay. yeah that, that's basically what this, this scene is all about. Right. Because he okay. thinks he. He can't get the answer for Jamie because she's tight-lipped right now, Michael. So he's taking matters in his own right. hands. He's like, ah, oh, well, I'll just go back to his house. That always worked for me before. Right. Of course, it didn't because Michael's not there. But he also does lock <laughs> up the vent, which comes back later. Yeah. Um. So, and then, you know, he's also saying, he's you know, Loomis is talking. He does, we don't even know if Michael's there or not, but he's talking. He's like, I know what you want from her, Michael. And this is, of course, when we have the uh, the Thorn Doctor um, shows up, and then we can see the the Thorn Doctor has like the symbol on his arm as well, too. Mm. Um, and you know he's bad because he because he kicked a dog. Yes, when he got <laughs> off the bus. He kicked a dog, so you know that that makes him evil immediately. Yeah, exactly. I mean, come on now. Um, and so now we're outside. Um, so now we're outside the like the little school area. Uh, Michael is now watching Mikey and Sally and Lindsay. So he's watching all of them. So mm-hmm. we see who Michael's uh, going after now. His first couple of victims. Which is always like, um, so I'm not going to get too much into this. Uh, I just want your quick thoughts. Like, So if Michael's sole purpose was to kill his bloodline, why is he going after these three geeks? Because I think he, Michael just likes to kill people. Like I don't, I don't think, I don't really subscribe to the bloodline thing as much as other people do. Like, I think that that is part of it, but I think Michael just is compelled to kill people also, whether he's related to them or not. Yeah. So Mikey, Sally and um, Tina, they're all at like this, like uh, like a little drugstore. Mm 
And uh, Mikey, yeah. he's cleaning his car. He's all about his car. All right. And, you know, they're, they're, they're playing around a little bit, you know. Then we had this dude show up. This guy. So, if I got this right, this fucking guy's name was Spitz. Yep, Spitz. Now, is that like his, like, is that like his gimmick name? <laughs> is that like his real name? Spitz. Uh, uh, hey, Spitz. Spitz. I thought maybe it was his last name. But it is called him Spitz. I'm looking at his... Like his name is like, you know... So the actor is Matthew Ed Walker. Spitz or something, I don't know. So the actor is Ma- yeah. Matthew Walker, but he he he's pretty much known as Spitz. So Spitz is basically like yeah, Sally's plays... boyfriend. And the guy is goofy as yeah. all hell. Yeah. I mean, you could tell this guy's mm-hmm, going to die during this fucking movie. And the big thing is Spitz and Michael, the Fonz Michael... Right. Fonz Michael, right? Yes. Okay. They, they, the Fonz Michael asked him, "How many cases are you getting?" Meaning beer. All right. Yeah. I fuck. I thought fucking. Uh, <laughs> I thought Tom Hanks was gonna show up. He's like beer. Yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Got the highlight, brother. So, but they're like they have. They're gonna get three cases. They're basically gonna sneak three cases out of the drugstore. They're gonna, they're gonna steal them and they're gonna put them in the Fonz Michael Fonz car. And then Spitz looks at the car and the guy tells him to fuck off because his car's special and shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so and Michael's staring at this the whole time and Spitz basically tells him, hey, I need you to drive on into the back so I could put the cases in there. And then the, the, the two girls, they go wander they go wander off. So yeah, like uh, Tina and Sally, they, they have to go, they're going to go back home and get ready for the party. So Spitz... Puts the beer cases in uh, Michael Fonz's car. All right. And then he he's, you know, Spitz goes on and then, uh, Michael Fonz is checking himself out the mirror. Michael mm-hmm. Myers shows up. He has like a pitchfork and he starts scraping Michael Fonz's car. And like Michael Fonz is like, what the fuck? You're scraping my car, <laughs> asshole. Just the look on that guy's face. Yeah. He's like, uh, what the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. He gets up. He's all like. This ain't no trick or treat, asshole. And then Michael just stabs him right in the fucking head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got him good. That was great. That was great. There goes an yeah. asshole. Uh, so now the 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 kids at the uh, at the at the the kids facility, they're all gonna have a Halloween party now. All right, the Halloween show, showing off their costumes. Uh, this is when Billy gives Jamie flowers, and she also um, Jamie's still a little sad. Uh, and then also Billy gives Jamie a bracelet um, to help her feel better. And she's getting a little, she likes the bracelet, which I don't know if the bracelet yeah. came into play. I thought it was going to come into play in the movie, but I don't believe it did. But it, yeah, it doesn't really, it doesn't. So the, 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 the costume contest is called the Goblin Costume Contest. Mm-hmm. And Loomis is there. <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So he is at the costume contest. During this, uh, the Thorn guy, he's in the background, but also um, Michael Myers has now taken the role of Michael Fonz because he is now driving the Camaro. All right? Yeah, so what you're saying basically, yeah, because he's wearing the mask that Tina gave him. Yes. So this is when... Which uh, is he, cool. It's a cool mask. Yeah, and then this this part is not, not too bad. Like, you know, Michael pulls up in the car, you know... Tina showing off her outfit and you know she just thinks that the Michael Fonz character is playing around like he's not opening up the door she's cold out there 
She likes the uh, mm. mask on him because she likes barbaric men. All right. Mm. And she starts kissing up the mask. Michael looks at her all funny. <laughs> they drive off and stuff. And then during this, you know, um, Michael's he's apparently he's not only just a normal driver. He can also drive a sports car. Fantastic. He can go yeah. fast, slow, he's turn a, he's around. He's a good driver. He's, he's a really a good, good driver. driver now. Yes. He's driving like 900 miles an hour yeah. down the middle of Haddonfield. Like he, he, he pretty much should have tried out for Fast and the Furious. I mean, he would have <laughs> he got the role. So no problem. So, Tina, she wants some smokes. Right. All right. And she's begging to get some smokes. She finally gets in there, gets some smokes. And then right when she goes in there to get her smokes, uh, this is when Jamie and Michael are not linked. So, Jamie starts freaking out at her costume contest uh, show. Uh, mm-hmm. And then this is when, you know, Loomis and all them, she's like, Loomis, she's, she's trying to tell us something. What is, what is she saying? And then uh, she's <laughs> Billy is like interpreting what uh, Jamie is saying, <laughs> and we finally get to where it's like this is like something else. It's like she's trying to describe what she's seeing or what Michael's seeing, and it's a person with milk and cookies. Okay, <laughs> a big woman with all right, cookies. All right, so, <laughs> no, the, so the, all the, right. Hold on, hold on. I'm confused. Loomis though repeating is great. <laughs> what are you seeing? What are you seeing? She's like cookies or. It's like store. No, no. Sure, she's like store. It's like store. What store? What? What do they sell there? What do they sell there? And she's like, big woman, big woman. What type of big woman? Like super big or little big? <laughs> it's, like, I mean, it's 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 astounding to me that somebody wrote that. This this is not a comedy. This is this yeah. is supposed to be completely straight face. I know. Like this whole like like it. it and then yeah like and then like it's okay i find it hilarious first of all that billy's translating for her yeah, no. like he a knows like he can understand her any better than anybody else <laughs> exactly. but he's translating everything she's saying to to the audience and to loomis and then loomis is repeating everything that he said that she says so he's just like big big woman big big woman where where's the big woman? she and has just, milk and, and cookies on and on and on does anybody know where anything with milk and cookies is for God's sake <laughs> but I mean I'm also confused it's like okay Jamie is like older so I actually looked this up so I mean I, she could be playing a younger character but um um. Her name just left me. What, what? Daniel Harris. What's the name of the Daniel Harris? Yes, Daniel Harris is three years younger than, than I am. So when I watched this movie, I was basically the same age as Jamie, and I would have understood something about the town that I live in. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I mean, we're supposed to believe that Jamie knows nothing where nothing in this town is. Where she's mute. You know, like, well, she's mute, but I mean, she can't even like. You, you know, she's like describing like big woman with cookies. Like she, I like can't just say she's, she's on the, they're at the, you know, this store, the name yeah, of the store. That's Dale's, where they're at. Dale's gas station. Right. Exactly. The like, you know, like, it. I mean, they live in a small town and I could yeah. live in a small town and, you know, and I live in a small town too. And I could say, okay, well they're, you know, they're at Dale's gas station, you know, cause I remember Gail's gas station cause I drive by Dale's gas station every day. I just, I just think it's weird that we have this like, pantomime that she she has to describe what the state gas station looks like before and and then the cop has to figure out where they are well anyway i just thought she was just trying to fucking uh i thought she was just messing with loomis (laughs) the whole time the whole movie like fuck this guy he's crazy 
I just want to see if Loomis will say big woman. Yeah. I just, yeah. With cookies. I, I, it's like, the, I just ask her, like, oh, yeah, the, my whole purpose is, you know, yeah, yeah, my uncle's all crazy and stuff, but have you seen how crazy this Loomis guy gets? Like, I could say anything. He just freaks out. So, eventually, the cops show up to Tina. All right? And, you know, they say, like, she's unarmed or, you know, like, stuff like that. And she, they're, they're yeah. basically taking her away. Uh, and she doesn't know what's going on. And then she goes to try to look for Mikey, but Mikey left. His Cam- Camaro left and stuff. And she's like, okay, whatever. She, she's pissed off. Like, this guy just left. He's being an asshole. So she thinks that Mikey's still alive. Mikey Fonz is still alive. And um, <laughs> it's just right. like playing games with her and stuff. And so we bring Tina to Jamie. They all hug and stuff. Um, uh, so the big thing about this scene was, uh, you know, Tina and Loomis both wanted, no, uh, Jamie and Loomis wanted Tina to stay with them tonight because, you yeah. know, uh, Jamie has a bad feeling that Tina is going to be killed. And Loomis is like trying to like stay that too. Like, hey, you know, maybe you shouldn't go out there, you know. Um, mm. And one of the big scenes was like um, right before, like, so basically this is, Tina told James, like, hey, you know, I want to stay here and stuff. But, like, you know, when you're connected with somebody, you just always want to be with them and stuff like that. She's explaining her relationship with Mikey. And, you know, right. it's also foreshadowing their connection with her and, and Michael. And Michael um, Myers, yeah. Yes, Michael Myers, yes. And so Tina's about to leave, and then um, Loomis comes up. He's like, hey, I, I, I think you should stay here. And then and Tina's like, no, like, why is everybody telling me to stay here and stuff? Like, it's all your fault, Loomis. You're putting, like, some weird boogeyman shit in this girl's head. She's only a nine-year-old girl. All right? And then Loomis's like, mm. you will die. <laughs> <laughs> you will die. <laughs> you will die. Yes, just stay. Yes. And then, of course, we have, like, little calm Loomis, too. Like, he'll freak out for a little bit. And he was like, yeah. I'm just telling you. You're just, I don't think you should leave. You're just, you just might die. You'll there. die. My, Michael's out there, guys. And. And then yeah. she leaves and stuff. Yeah, he and goes Mike, like from one yeah. to eleven in like a second. And then like my uh, Loomis is like, can't can't you guys like take her in and stuff and like capture? It's like, why? She didn't do anything wrong. She's not under arrest. She's like, listen, you cops need to do something. You got to go follow her all night. Because guess what? If this girl dies, the bloods will be on your hands. Like fuck. Okay. So Tina's out there crying and everything, and then the cops come up, and she's like, okay, you guys are going to be my bodyguards for the whole night? They're like, yes. And it's like, okay, I need to ride to the farm party. Okay? And, of course, they drive off, and then Michael follows, follows them in the Camaro. And then we have Thorn Doctor walking around. He does a lot of walking in this movie. He just walks around everywhere. Yeah, he just walks around this movie, yeah. So during all this commotion, which is only like maybe like a two-second scene, Jamie is now missing. All right. Uh, and Loomis, he just fucking grabs this girl's mask off. Like, did you see this thing? It's like some young girl in her mask. Yeah. He just grabs it off. They're like, Loomis. He's like, oh, that's wrong girl. Get the fuck out of here. Well, get out of here. So now we see Jamie. She's outside running. She runs into Billy. And she's like, I got to find uh, Tina. And then Billy's like, you don't know where she's at, but I do. She's at the town farm. Or the tower farm. Yeah. The tower farm. Because yeah. now she can all of a sudden talk. Jamie can all of a sudden talk. Well, now. well, Jamie can say Tina. Oh, right. Okay. And okay. then she can like kind of, I guess, speak. Since Tina showed up, she now has magical powers to say Tina. Right. So now we're at the the town farm party. I keep saying town. It's tower. The tower farm party. Tower farm. Tower farm party. What a gimmick there. 
So um, we have all the cops up there. They're all chilling. You know, the, the two goofy cops. Are they drove Tina there? They're all looking out and stuff, and um, they see, they actually see Michael drive by, and they're just like, "Eh, what do you think? Should you check that out?" It's like, "Nah, ain't no life threatening stuff happening around here. Let's just play cards." Yeah, yeah. So they play no cards, big deal. and of course, Michael's stalking the party while this is happening. Um, so now we're inside the party. So we have Sally, Tina, and we have Spitz. Um, and, you know, they're partying a little bit around there. Obviously, we could see Tina getting hit on by some guy in, like, some sort of, like, weird, like, mummy cat outfit. Um, but then mm-hmm. the crew, Sally, Tina, and Spitz, b- decide to play a a joke that probably wouldn't go the way they're thinking nowadays. So we have <laughs> Tina run out there screaming, screaming death, murder. Same thing with Sally. Then we see Spitz, who's dressed up in Michael Myers' costume, about to stab Sally. And the cops are out there with their guns about to shoot him until Spitz takes off his mask. Yeah. And the cops are like, oh, you're just paying jokes on us. You guys shouldn't do that. It's fucking nowadays, they probably would have gunned his ass down. Or if it's Loomis, that guy, he didn't even need to get oh, out Loomis of the house. Oh, Loomis would have shot him. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't yeah. even need to take two steps out of the house. Loomis would already shot his ass. <laughs> yeah. I just, it's. I think it's weird that they people think at this point that dressing up as Michael Myers is funny. Yeah, and then the, these you cops. Know what I mean, like, <laughs> but, but and then these cops, like, they basically tell them that they're like, it's like you guys are lucky we're lousy cops. It's like what the fuck. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, or you'd be dead otherwise. Yeah, you'd be dead otherwise. If we were Loomis, you'd be dead you guys if we be were dead. competent at our jobs. Yeah. So then the crew, they run off to the barn because I guess they see some cats and shit. There's so cats, they're yeah. like playing around with each other. This is like a whole big barn scene where they're like playing around with each other. And then they try to split up a little bit to try to find these cats. Um, we have Tina getting scared by one of the cats. She's alone stuff. Obviously, Michael comes into the bar. Um, you know, Tina uh, uh, hears the cat noises and gets scared. Um, she hates cats. Even though she's like holding a cat, she's like, oh, I just hate cats. <laughs> uh, Spitz scares Tina with the hay. Tina's like, oh, I'm going to get out of here. You guys have fun. And this is when um, Sally's now going through the bar looking uh, for everything. And then uh, Spitz scares her. This is when we get our love scene. So, yeah. so this is Spitz, our boy. He's like, listen, uh, the, 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 what you've been waiting for is happening. All right, I'm going to take you on this hay. It might poke you a little bit, but you're about to get you're about to get it on, All right? Right. She's gonna have sex finally for the first time. Yes. Um. So now Jamie and Billy they have now shown up to the party. Okay, they're there now. Um. Now this is Sally and Spitzer are making out. Spit has a condom. Yeah, buddy, slip that shit uh, on, yeah. Playboy. So, so, so Jamie and Billy walk to the party. Yes. Well, they're quick. They walk to the party. Well, they, they but, might. They, they sound but, like they're running a little bit. They got there pretty quick, yes. <laughs> but they took a, ca- okay. a, a taxi That's on the way. Who knows? They took a, they took a cab. So Michael's yeah, watching this action going on you know, about Sally and, and uh, Spitz getting it on, brother. Yeah. Spitz getting it too, man. He's getting up all in there. He's like, I'm fucking, uh, I'm going all out, brother. I ain't playing around. Oh, yeah. So Michael grabs a pitchfork. Fucking stabs pit, pits mid fuck, boom right there in the <laughs> chest, brother. Fucking, whew. that's some pain and pleasure right there, Playboy. 
So he fucking grabs his ass, blood all over and shit. Fucking uh, Sally gets all freaks out and everything. <laughs> Michael grabs the Russian sickle. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> and fucking uh, uh, Sally grabs a pitchfork. She tries to stab Michael. He just grabs that shit and pushes it, pushes it away. And he fucking Russian sick, sickles Sally's head off. Fucking awesome. Yep. Death by Nikita Koloff. Yes. Oh, he been so proud. It's like, yes. That's oh, right, yeah. Michael. Fuck her up. Circle. Uh, Russia, circle. So after all this is happening, um, Michael like walks off. Like he's like just walking around with like, uh, I think he's walking around with a pitchfork in his hand or something. And then the two cops are like, hey, man, what, what the fuck? You don't don't walk around with that thing. You could hurt somebody with that pitchfork and stuff. Like, hey, come over here, asshole. Because they think that the Michael is, is Spitz. You know what I mean? Because he was dressing up like him right, before. Yeah. So they tell him to come over right. here and stuff. And then like they're like, man, what's wrong with these kids nowadays? And the guy's like, oh, I blame it on the parents. And the guy's like, yep, yep, definitely blame it on the parents. Mm-hmm. So... The creepy guy who was like hidden on Tina, um, he was like in some sort of like mummy cat costume, asked Tina to go to the springs. And Tina says, Oh, you just want to see me naked. And yep. if I was in a situation yeah. where I was like, Well, yeah, fuck, I just said, let's go to the springs. Right. That, why do you think I'm asking? <laughs> yeah. Like, What's, is it because uh, of your personality? Yeah, exactly. Come on now, the springs. So apparently in Hattonfield, the springs is where you go skinny dipping. Right. Okay. It's a big, a big thing there, but, Allison. Skinny dip. But I don't think. Huh? But Haddonfield is in Illinois, and I'm pretty sure that you wouldn't want to go skinny dipping in Illinois in October. Well, they do. They they're saying but they fuck do. It. They do. Frostbite, fucking hypothermia. Fuck it. All right. <laughs> so and then she's like, okay, I can't go. I can't leave Sally and Spitz behind. Spitz. Who the fuck would name their kids Spitz? Okay, whatever. Um, so now, so now Tina goes into the barn and she's all like, Hey, I don't hear anything. Are you guys doing it right? <laughs> um, she's like, Hey, like, you know, she's like, Hey, do you want me to like show you how it's done or something? And then uh, she eventually looks at a cat and the cat's has blood on it. And then the, basically the bodies like fall on her, which I thought that was a pretty crazy scene. So Spitz and Sally's body yeah, just falls cool. on her. She starts screaming everything. She runs out there. She's screaming for help. Help, please help me. She looks over to those two goofy cops, goes into their car. They're dead. They got slashed by Michael Myers. So there goes those geeks. Um, and then uh, then after all this stuff, uh, this is when um, Jamie and Billy uh, show up. And then uh, Tina's outside. Then we could see that the, uh, the Michael is in the car. And now he's trying to like run over um tina but then like jamie says you know freaks out or gets his attention now michael myers trying to chase tina down in in the in the camaro Mm -hmm. so he's chasing her down i guess he kind of like knocks billy a little bit out and this is when we get uh jamie she apparently is like a a super quick runner too because she was out running this camaro yes now the camaro was going through a bunch (laughs) of like trees and stuff but she was out running this car really well yeah, at nine years old, she was out running yes. Camaro, yes. Tina, Tina's like, leave her alone. Mike now crashes the car <laughs> into a tree. All right? Yeah. So um, so now, after that happens, um, Michael eventually, 
we have Tina. Then we have Jamie meeting up. He's, this is where she's like Jamie just saying Tina, Tina a whole bunch of times. Uh, eventually, Michael gets out of the car. He goes and stalks Jamie until Tina just runs and jumped on his ass uh, for the save. And of course, she gets stabbed from right there. And then Billy grabs Jamie and they run to the to the to the back of the forest area and they run into Loomis. Loomis sees the screaming kids and he brings her to the police. And then uh, eventually uh, Jamie's on the uh, the ambulance. She sees Tina on a stretcher. So we don't know if she's dead or not. We just assume that she is because she got stabbed by Michael. Uh, and then Loomis is like, now is like, now are you willing to help me? <laughs> and then Jamie's like, please tell me what I need to do. He's like, just, just listen to me. And I will, I will have a plan. I have a master plan. So now here we got crazy Loomis. Because <laughs> yeah, all, all his other plans have worked just yes. fine. So we're going to listen to Loomis's plan again. <laughs> so Loomis is like out in his car, right? This is him talking to the woods. Yes. Loomis to the woods. He's like, Michael. Uh, it's like, Michael. It'd be, uh, I know your story. You know, I know you have all that rage in you. The rage won't stop, Michael. You have to fight it. And the only place that you can fight it is the place where it all began. The place where it all began at the beginning. She will be there, Michael. She will be there. She she can she can help you. Alright? Just I know you're fighting all that rage within you, but come to this house. So basically he's trying to lure Michael back to his home and yeah. tell her tell him he doesn't need to kill people and he needs to control his rage and he has an idea how to how to control his rage by using Jamie. Well well, that's what he's telling Michael. Yes. But he's really trying to do is he's he's using jamie as bait to lure michael there so he can shoot him six more times yes yes but you know his plan is he's like saying like hey look at jamie she is controlling the rage of killing people and she can show you how Mm -hmm. to do it michael she can show you how to do it okay so that's what he's kind of like you know trying to get onto the human side of michael by saying like she can help you because she is like your own blood she's like and then he's like, oh, Michael, go back to your house. I will I will be there and I'll be waiting for you. So now Jamie is in the Michael's house and he's in the sister's yeah. room, you know, brushing her hair. Uh, Loomis is downstairs and then they have cops surrounding the whole house. All right. And we have inside cops. We have outside cops. And the cops are like, okay, is everybody in place? Can you hear me? And Loomis is like, yes, I can hear you loud and clear. Very loud. She's basically telling him to be quiet or else Michael won't even show up. <laughs> so now this talk, this cop talking to Jamie, his name is Charles. He's talking to Jamie, saying like, you're a very brave girl. And let's go over mm-hmm. some like signs of Michael's in there. And they go over like a couple like different like keynotes if um, Michael shows up. So now Jamie is like doing like a little thing saying, Billy, Billy. And the cops are now calling Loomis and stuff. And like, so apparently there's some ruckus going on at the clinic. So now Loomis is all saying, everybody's saying like, hey, Michael's probably at the clinic. So all these people are like, oh, fuck, we're at the wrong place. We got to go to the clinic right away. So they all gather up. There's like a shit ton of cops out here, like a ton of cops. All right. And they're all going to be heading out. And then um, 
uh, Mika was like to Loomis, like, okay, I'm going to go bring um, uh, Jamie to the station because she'll be the safest there. I'm going to have Charles bring her to the station. And of course, Loomis is like, okay, yeah, no problem. So they all drive off. And then Loomis opens the door and he goes up to the, um, the room that Charles is in. And well, before he does that, he's like, okay, Michael, now you will come. So basically, Loomis, yeah, part of Loomis, that was his, that was his plan, right? Yeah, to get the cops away. He wanted to get rid of the cops. Yeah, yeah. so he can use uh, Jamie as bait, and she agreed to do it as well. Mm-hmm. But of course, the cops would never go for that. So right. So Loomis now comes in the door and talks to talks to Charlie, the cop. All right, and then like he Charlie's like, okay, we're getting everything ready. We're about to leave, and then and then Loomis locks the door. It's like we're not going anywhere. And then this is when we have another cop named Eddie who was like patrolling outside saying like, hey, there's another car approaching uh, Charles over here. And it's kind of weird. It kind of looks like one of our cars. And then he, the, and obviously it's Michael and he's like killing Eddie while he's over the headset and everything. Mm-hmm. And Charles is like, what the fuck's going on over here? We got to get out of here. And before he's like, okay, I'm going to take this girl and get out of here. Loomis grabs the fucking microphone, smashes it and pulls a gun on this motherfucker. I was like, damn, okay. <laughs> he's like, we I'm ain't gone cop. anywhere. Yeah. yeah. He's like, Charlie, all right, Michael Myers is outside. You stay with the girl, please. <laughs> and Loomis, like, leaves. <laughs> so we have uh, Michael. He's walking inside the house now. Uh, Charlie puts up a chair to the door. Uh, Loomis is, like, walking all the way downstairs. And, like, this is me. He's like, you've come back to us, Michael. Michael. Can you hear me, Michael? This is. Say, Yeah. This is when he was like trying to like get to his human side. Right yeah. Here. So is this the scene where they're standing in the same room and he's talking to Michael? Yeah. Well, Michael's like in like has a yeah. big ass butcher knife and he's just like standing right next yeah. to him talking to him. Yeah. And Michael's looking at him like like Lewis has lost his mind. Yeah, it's pretty much. Like 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 <laughs> Michael's actually by his body language to me is like this guy's fucking crazier than I am. This yeah, guy's exactly. lost his fucking mind. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what I got out of it too. Because he's always like. He's like, I know why you come back. It's because that that little girl, she can stop the rage inside you, Michael. This is your house, Michael. Don't you remember how much better you used to be? He's like, I will take you to her. She will stop the rage. All right? Like, and he's like, he's like, you don't need that. See that big ass knife right there? I'm gonna try to go for that. it. You don't need it. Nobody needs that. You know, I only shot you six times, tried to burn you and shit. I'm not, I'm okay. I'm okay, guy. He tried to go for the knife, and Michael's like, fuck this guy. Fucking pushes him aside and everything. Starts to fucking, like, tries to stab him and shit. Um, <laughs> so now Charlie's like, okay, I hear some com- commotion going out there. So he tries to break the window and tries to get a rope to kind of uh, lower Jamie down. Um, <laughs> of course, uh, Loomis, he again um, tries to shoot Michael six times. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Michael, you know, doesn't get hurt by it. He's back up. Um, so, oh, actually, um, so, you know, Michael knocked over, um, um, Loomis and stuff. And now Michael's trying to break in to where, uh, Charles and, 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 uh, Jamie are. So, you know, the Charles, like, he couldn't get Jamie on his back and shit and go down there. So it's like, fuck, my plan is like not working. So Michael breaks in and then Charles, he tries to shoot, uh, Michael. Six times. Mm-hmm. Six times. And guess what happens? Nothing. Because you got to be that magical seven Nothing. times. All right? Not six. Right. 
So Michael breaks in. Jamie eventually gets out. Like she goes on the rope and she kind of falls down. And then Michael eventually, oh, actually she kind of escapes. And then um, Michael hangs uh, the Charles guy from, 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 mm-hmm. the, from, the, from the outside. Um, this is when we have Mika back at the clinic. Notices that everybody's been okay. Um, and then this is when uh, Jamie, she's like going around the house and stuff. She basically gets her stuff cut in the vent. So we're seeing Michael trying to like kill her from this vent for uh, yeah. for a long time. Uh, she's like locked in the vent. This is like the same <laughs> vent that Loomis locked. Um, so she's just kind of going back and forth with that. Right. Um, so she eventually escapes after, you know, she, go- she goes down the vent and then Michael tries to stab her a couple times in the vent. Then she eventually goes back up and then she escapes. Um, while this is happening, we can see that the police, they're coming back to the house because they, they, they know that Michael wasn't at the clinic. Yeah, because um, they got bamboozled. They yes. figured it out. So Jamie like enters a ritual room. There's like candle lit mm, everywhere. Yeah. This is when we finally got all that props we were supposed to have at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, there's, like, there's a random hockey shoe there, though. I thought that was kind of funny. Just hanging <laughs> around there. So yeah. J- Jamie, she sees a, a dead Rachel, and she freaks out a little yeah. bit. I guess she liked Tina a little bit more, though, because she didn't freak out that bad. And uh, then Mike's coming up there. He's coming up there slowly up the stairs. Jamie, like, lays herself into a coffin. Uh, I'm not sure if this coffin is the coffin that Michael was sleeping in or he had that ready for Jamie. I have no idea. Yeah, I think it's the one he stole. Remember, Loomis said he, he dug a coffin. Oh, uh, yeah, that's out. right. Maybe she was trying to put well, Jamie in the girl. coffin. Yes. Probably, yeah. So this is when Michael finds Jamie in the coffin and she says, Uncle Boogeyman. I don't know why they found that one oh, funny. God. Uncle Boogeyman. Uncle Boogeyman. She's like, let me see, let me see. And then like, she's trying to like, you know, hey, let me see your face, you know. You're my uncle and stuff. Let me, we're related. Let me see it. So Michael takes off the mask. Uh, He's crying. I mean, fucking everybody, fucking fanboys out there just like losing their shit. It's like, why the fuck is Michael crying? He's crying a little bit. Um, And then she's like, oh, you're just like me. Let me let me see it. Then Michael starts freaking out when she was reaching for the mask. Michael freaks out, he, and then Jamie runs and gets the fuck out of there. He's like tearing up shit. Michael's like super pissed off right now. Uh, Jamie, of course, limps into Loomis. <laughs> this fucking guy. He fucking Loomis just grabs her. He's like I found her, Michael. I got her. This is what you want, Michael. Come come to her. Yes, come come play with your niece. Come here, Michael. Yes. She 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 she's here wow. for you, Michael. Like he's just like using her the whole time, like for bait and everything. It's crazy. Uh, yep. And then he eventually yep. lures Michael into some chain, like some sort of like hunter's chain, and that shit drops on mm. Michael. And then he starts beating him up with some wood. Yep, with a two by four, four by four, or something. Is that what you would have done with Michael? You would have beat him with some wood. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the shots don't work, so I might as well try something else. Yeah, yeah. Of course, he was like, definitely would have beat him with the wood. Die, die, Michael, die, <laughs> die. Yeah, he turns into uh, a uh, madman, Van Helsing. Yes. Yeah. And then, of course, Loomis used fucking used all his energy, just falls right on Michael. This is when the police yeah. show I up. I assumed he like had a heart attack or something. Oh yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be surprised. Like, this guy was just fucking off his rocker this whole fucking movie. Um, so the police show up now. 
This is when we had the uh, Michael. He's in the police station. All right. Yeah. So so they successfully arrest Michael. Somehow. Yes. Yes. I mean, they just put him in handcuffs. <laughs> after you know, all of this, after everything we've seen in six, in five movies, they were somehow able to successfully arrest Michael Myers. Well, yeah, you just taser his ass. And put him and, in a. Yeah. I guess so. I mean, no problem. I guess so. I mean, come on. You know, it's not like they shot him six times or nothing like that. I mean, come on. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And uh, so. It's just really funny seeing him sit in a cell with his mask on. It just looks funny to me. It does. And then Mika was like, he's going to rot in the maximum prison for the rest of his life. And he's going to die in prison. Jamie's like, he will never die. Okay. He'll never die. So now the uh, the Thorn Doctor guy is uh, walking around the police station. So we have... Um, one of the officers is going to be taking Jamie back to the clinic. And they hear some commotion, like a big explosion happens at the uh, police station. So the cop guy goes in there and then he's like, tells Jamie to stay there. Of course she doesn't. So we have a scene. I thought the scene was pretty neat with Jamie walking around the whole police station, dead cops everywhere. She goes up to the fucking, uh, 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 cell that Michael was at. Michael's gone. And she flicks out. Yep. And, and she knows Michael's free again. Yes. And then that's it. And that ends Halloween 5, The Revenge mm-hmm. of Michael Myers. So obviously... Although he doesn't really get revenge on anybody. Well, I mean, he um, he kind of he got a little revenge on... Um, well, he killed that guy named Michael. All right. That's true. He, yeah. he killed that uh, guy, people trying to have sex, you know. And yeah, but but yeah. but on the main characters, no, he really didn't get a lot of revenge. How did you no, think? I, think, I really... think Bumps in the Night would have been a better name. <laughs> Halloween Five, Bumps, in, Bumps the in the Night, or whatever. Yes, the, <laughs> like the other name for it. The but, evil uh, yeah. is cruising tonight. Halloween Five, brother, watch me drive a Camaro. The evil is cruising tonight. <laughs> so a couple things, like I said before. Um, you know, here in the retro blade, we'd only do 80s movies. So, you know, Halloween yeah. 6 happened in the 90s, which would have been, you know, we don't have a lot of time to do like a lights out for that one. Maybe we'll explore that one some other time in the timeline. But like I said, you know, what I'll do is on the Facebook page and stuff, I'll I'll, I'll do one, a review I did of number 6 on there if anybody wants to listen to it, you know, to kind of, you know, finish out the Thorn series. Um, but, you know, a couple of things about, like, obviously number 6, you know, we have like an older Jamie... Uh, this this storyline number six is way out there. Like it's just way out there. We have an older Jamie and stuff. There's like a kid involved. Yeah. We have a crazy Billy, who's like some sort of science geek. Uh, Michael Myers is he, he does more to try to kill like this baby than anything. We we find out about the whole Thorn cult thing where they're trying to like you know manifest evil to 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 do their bidding. Um, there was one deleted scene which apparently Michael impregnated Jamie and they had a kid or something like that. <laughs> so yeah. it was just all kind of wacky shit that happened in number six. But like I said, everybody, check it out. It's going to be on our Facebook page, Faces of Fear, old podcast I used to do. We're talking a little bit about six and some of the wacky, wacky shit with that one. But uh, when it comes to number five, like, what did you think, Allison? What'd you, what overall thoughts on number five? Um, it's better than six is, but it's, um, it's nowhere near as good as Halloween Four. Like it's just goofy, and um, Loomis is too over the top. Loomis has just completely lost his mind at this point. Um, 
Like I like at the beginning of the movie, I thought Loomis was like, you know, um, you know, he was uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He was forced to stay in the uh, same mental institution that uh, Jamie was in, um, and they that's why he keeps showing up because he's like committed to the mental institution. But but yeah, I don't. I mean, it's not terrible. I mean, I like the Thor the idea of the Thorn trilogy. Um, I think the thorn symbol is cool with where it's tattooed on them. How many people do you think out there have the thorn uh, symbol tattooed on them? Do you think there's a lot of people? I mean, I assume there are probably a couple people. I bet, there are. I bet there are a lot of Halloween fans that have the thorn tattoo. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty cool symbol. I mean, it's pretty good. I mean, it's not, you know, uh, Tina was really good at the girl that played Tina. Yeah. Um, you know, it's no, it's not nearly as good as four, but it's it's better than six. It's pretty good. Yeah, I definitely say it. it has this part. Like it was a pretty fun movie, you know. Overall, there's yeah. a couple goofy parts to it. Obviously, Loomis was like, I mean, to be honest with you, I loved him in this movie. Like he made the movie for me, but mm. I like wild, sure. crazy Loomis. I think he's great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is definitely a fun one, you know. And it, like I said, it kind of like continues the or starts up in a way the the Thorn trilogy that a lot of people have a hit or miss on. I'm, man, I'm not too like hit or miss when it comes to like okay, Michael's run by an evil cult or this evil cult is trying to resurrect Michael or something like that. Um, you know, I, it's, it's, it's different, but you know, it, obviously we're way far from the beginning of how, you know, Michael Myers and how his story was supposed to be. So it's, it's definitely something when we yeah. saw the, uh, the non John Carpenter Halloween films are way different, uh, than these, these incarnations are later on. So, it's just very, very interesting to to check that all out. But uh, everybody, I hope you enjoyed our Halloween reviews. They're very fun. Of course, we were only doing the 80s ones. There's a ton of more Halloween Halloween movies out there. You know, Six, H2O, Resurrection, the Rob Zombie ones, you name them. Um, like I said, I'll, I have a couple yeah. uh, shows I'll post on the Facebook about them and stuff. But very fun series, though, I would say. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I would say so. I mean, I would say watch all of them except the one with Buster Rhymes did it. Yes. Um, don't watch that one, but yeah, skip that uh, they're one. all decently good. They're all decently good. Um, I really like the Rob Zombie ones, especially uh, one. Two is pretty good, too. I watched two again the other day. It was good. But the Hollywood Limits? It's not as bad as people make it out to be. Yeah, it's not as bad as people make it out to be. No. I mean, I think this I enjoyed those. I, really, I, I enjoyed yeah. the Rob Zombie ones for what they were. I thought they were pretty, pretty gnarly. And of course, you know, I mean, um, you know, the newer Halloween's one took a took a lot of stuff from Michael Myers as well too from the Rob Zombie yeah, one. So absolutely, absolutely. But everybody, like I said, this we're wrapping up the Halloween series with this podcast, but we're not done with October yet. No, 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 no. Because we will be back here next week and we will be talking all about trick or treats. Brother Trick or Treats. Now I've never seen this movie. I haven't even watched nope, any kind of previews for it. So I'm pretty excited. Nope, neither. Everybody, they, you can find this one on the shutter. Um, that's where we found this one. Because, you know, we're like, there's only like about, in, in the 80s, there was only about four Halloween movies. But there's five weeks in October. So we had to do one other special movie. And the special movie we're going to be talking all about is the Trick or Treats, brother. And of course, Trick or Treats. Yep. like I was saying, uh, join us on Halloween, brother. For the Lights Out podcast, because we're doing a special battle of the Halloween Havocs, 1998 okay. versus 1992, brother. If you guys are into wrestling, if you're into breaking down the shows, 
Um, if you're just into like listening to about wrestling, it's just going to be a good time because this is going to be very fun. This is going to be our first ever battle of the shows, and we'll see which one wins. If it's going to be my show oh, yeah. or if it's going to be uh, Allison's show. Well, it's going to be my show for sure. And, hey, man, you never know. I got yeah, a couple good gimmick is, uh, matches, brother. <laughs> you too have some gimmick matches in this. But yeah, here's our, you can hear two guys argue about the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, it's going to be great. Um, but uh, it's going to be a good show. But um, that, yeah, the two shows we picked are, I think are both like uh, the perfect examples of both of our personalities in wrestling. It's like 98 is a perfect example of, of things that you like in wrestling, and 92 is a good example of things that I like in wrestling. So I think these are, uh, are going to be uh, – this is going to be an awesome show. We've never done anything like this, so it's going to be fun. And um, even if you don't like wrestling, I think you guys will enjoy this show. Yeah. So listen to it. That's dropping on the Halloween, brother. So while you guys were preparing for yeah. the Halloween, listen to our sweet reviews when it comes to the Halloween Havocs. One of my favorite, probably top favorite wrestling pay-per-views are the Halloween Havocs. So we're probably doing some more of these later on, but we'll start it off with this first battle of the Halloween Havocs. It's going to be very fun. But, mm-hmm. uh, Allison, what should we leave the audience with today for their music? Oh, man. Well, since we talked about it earlier, we've got to leave people with some boy vibes. Let's leave the people with X-Ray Mirror from Nothing Face. Boom! X-Ray Mirror, brother. Just like fucking uh, Jamie was seeing Michael's Myers and fucking LinkedIn shit together. Uh, uh, the one the one, one and only them two linked yeah. together. So, all right, everybody. Linked together in an x-ray mirror. Linked together, brother. That's how they did it. <laughs> all right. All right, everybody. We will check you later here on the Retro Blend. Later. See you guys. <laughs>